everyone. This is Cherry. And this is Kat. And you're listening to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to apologize. I have such a loud heater. It's so loud. And I actually turned it off for recording. I'm just bundled up under my katatsu trying to stay warm. But the car- it's a hybrid kerosene electric thing so it takes a while to cool down so i feel like it's still making up noise oh it should, shut, it, should, it should if you can hear it it'll shut the hell up in a minute so just i can't hear it but i'm okay. also okay. i'm not li- not literally hard of hearing but i tend to not hear things so yeah you never know what the recording is going to pick up you never uh, know so you never know um okay so today we are finally doing don't worry darling uh directed by olivia wilde had all the controversy and such. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie yet, I'm going to start with a spoiler-free synopsis. Uh, I'm going to wing it as always. So uh, Don't Worry Darling is a movie starring Florence Pugh. And basically all you get from the trailer is that uh, Florence Pugh's character is married to Harry Styles' character. It's very like 1950s sort of um, cookie cutter neighborhood. She's a housewife and all of that. Um, and then, I don't know, at some point she starts to become more aware of what is going on in her life and then things go awry. That's anything more and I would have to spoil it. So there you go. I got from the trailer, I got Stepford Wives vibes. Yeah. If, you mm-hmm. it, if you know what that means. There you go. This, yeah, this movie, I guess now we're going to roll right into spoilers. So from this point on, we full of spoilers. So if you yes. want to go into this movie knowing the details of what we're going to be referring to without the spoilers from, and, and you managed to miss all of the scenes from TikTok, then, right. <laughs> uh, you know, pause here, go check it out, and then come back. Yeah. The, this movie wanted to be like five better movies. Yes. And not subtly, not in like an homage kind of way, in a straight up janking shit from better (laughs) movies kind of way. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to beat you up because you want to do a 1950s vibe Stepford Wives thing, because there's so many more Stepford Wives is like the trope namer, but there's a lot of things that have to do with that, like 50s, 30s vibe gone awry, right? Yeah. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind. You know, you want to, you want to take the fifties and twist them for white feminism reasons. That's fine with me, but it, it's all the other shit. There's just so much stuff. That's like, where's, where's my note on this? Like her Jordan Peele fan fiction that's happening here. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, we got dudes in red jumpsuits mm-hmm. we've, and especially in the scenes where they're deliberately coordinated and choreographed to move together in yep. big groups yep. i was like come, come on, come on. <laughs> and then they're literally sending them to the sunken place yes and they have the same imagery of the the black underwater it being yes. dark the but the like the imagery yep uh-huh 100 it's just they it, it i don't understand how they didn't realize how blatant it was and that it wasn't done well like it's both it's like you can be blatant and you can use this well or you can be subtle and and then if it's hammy it's hammy you know right, I, right. I just it it did not work at all for the format hang on i have a whole i have a, whole, like, a pair i have a lot of notes on this actually me too um, 
yeah they're not i that tends to happen with movies i don't really like oh and then it was almost like okay so it was a lot of jordan peele like if, if i had to pick one person to be like that's what this movie wants to be when it grows up it's jordan peele absolutely do you know oh okay do you remember do you remember when this is america came out right yeah yeah um and then that white that white girl did a version oh yes mm, i don't remember who that was but i know what you're talking about it's the dear fat people girl mm-hmm mm-hmm and she has a generic name like anna she does yes right <laughs> nicole 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 anna i don't know i don't care um but that was it was exactly like that was the vibe of this whole movie where she because if you if you don't know what i'm talking about donald glover did this is america a few years ago and it was amazing it's it's just so good yeah it's a great google great it video. right now it's amazing google go it watch right it. now if you know if you haven't seen it go watch it like it's it's a great video it's a great song like she's great he's a great entertainer so you know it had a very specific message and then nicole arbor oh okay nicole arbor nicole i just watched a youtube video on her that's why i remember her name uh, <laughs> nicole arbor did a video that was like a riff of it about like how hard it is to be a woman in america and it yes. was really bad for like 20 reasons uh first of all she's canadian so you know so what? anyway <laughs> you don't you you don't get to say we get to say anyway and second of all she she took you know a, a black man's message that he clearly felt strongly about and executed very well and did a really shoddy photo zero xerox photocopy uh because white women think they can do everything better and that's mm -hmm. literally what i feel like this this movie is olivia <laughs> olivia olivia wilde going i can be olivia peel i can make i can make this black man's kind of horror kind of thriller social commentary movie better and <laughs> you know our first spoiler is it's not it's not no i did enjoy this movie but i don't think my enjoyment has anything to do with anything olivia did for me it was florence Pugh's acting which mm, always She's always, right? She's an amazing actress. So obviously she's going to do a great job. And then the editing. I realized. Oh, really? Way... I yes. hated the editing. So that's interesting. Oh, okay. So the reason I liked the editing is because, you know, you I came, you come into this kind of knowing it's like a Stepford Wives kind of thing. You don't know exactly what the reveal or twist is going to be, but you know, it's something along the lines of these women, something's going on that these women don't know is going on, right? It, and as the the clips were happening, especially the ones where it was like, we would spend two minutes of her making breakfast and then two minutes of her at night and he's home. And then it's like, oh, now they're at a pool party. Oh, now they're in the house. Oh, and like all of these things, it's like you're getting sort of like a slice of life moments, but they were all mm -hmm. kind of short. I, at some point I realized that the purpose of that is because it's not just to show us her day-to-day -day life, but she is losing time. Mm -hmm. That it's like when we go from her waving goodbye as he's driving away, and then now it's night, that that's how it happened for her too. That she- Okay, we need to come back to that. We need okay. to come back to that. Okay, mm -hmm. but that's, yes. by the end, I was like, I like that. I like that that was, I like I, that. I would, uh, let me say, okay, I would like that if it matched the script. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's why it bothered me. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The editing does not match the script, which I think is fair because the script sucks. And if I yeah. was the editor, I would have done my, you know what, actually, maybe, maybe it's not the editing. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to say the editing actually was probably pretty good. Because now that I'm thinking about it, all of the visuals that I have an issue with, and oh, I do, uh, <laughs> are cinematography. Like, they were shot badly. And, oh, you know, that person is that's not the else. editor. Yeah, no. No, and I'm only, I'm only praising the editor. I'm only praising the editor and Florence. That's it. I'm only just those two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love her in movies. Uh, yes. Excellent. Okay, I guess let's roll right into okay. it. Uh, so this movie opens with, um, I'm going to put a trigger warning here because I'm about to mention Bill Cosby for those who are triggered by that. But the opening song, Night and Day, immediately reminded me of that scene. There's a really famous scene from the Cosby show uh, where they're doing a whole like dance number to that song, that exact song. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. immediately thought of that. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of the Cosby show. And then I was like, oh, Cosby. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh, I just had a quick question. This might be, I can't, I don't know if this is a movie fail failure or if it's the fact that I procured this in a very legal and normal way that people watch yeah. movies from overseas but was was the sound really badly mixed i felt like the music was so fucking loud in every scene, oh every scene and it just drowned out everything i just i just had the usual like Mu music is super loud dialogue like they, they when they talk okay so that's what they're talking the dialogue is really I mean. low and then any scene where there's no yeah. dialogue the music was yeah yeah that was normal yeah, yeah that happened there yeah okay so that's exactly but it's and of course that's just i don't know there was some kind of reddit article mm -hmm. that i read a while ago that explained why that happens and it has to do with like modern movie yeah mixing techniques versus how it comes across on your stereo yes. or whatever i don't know but I, whatever it is they need to fucking stop doing it because it's clearly an issue and they know it's an issue and they, they keep, keep doing, doing it, it. Yeah. but it was extremely yeah. obnoxious i was constantly turning the volume moment. up and down yes yeah yes me too it was i, I could not understand every it seemed and i felt um i felt like my grandfather <laughs> because my my papa used to be like oh i hate the movies everybody just mumbles all the time and that's because he was deaf but I feel like that now when I watch movies and I'm like, why can't they enunciate? I was like, is he British or is he mumbling? But it's, but it's stupid. Stu it's right. It's not, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're spoiling the hell out of this anyway. So at the end yeah. of the movie, we find out that, are we going to, should I reveal the twist? No. Anyway. At the, Do it. Reveal it. At the end of the movie, we find out that like, he is actually an American, but when they're in Vic the Victory Project, he is supposed to be British. And I was like, so okay however he should always be british when they are in the victory project we should only hear him with an american accent when they're doing flashbacks but that's not what happens his accent goes in and out the whole time <laughs> he's so i think i don't think it was meant to be i don't think it was supposed to be like this i think the two lines where they say that he's british uh one the doctor points it out and then um it's also when he first goes into the projects at the very end i think those were added in post because i think i think that they told him to do an american accent and that some some of those scenes where he's in victory yeah, land whatever. or whatever 
doing a weird accent, yes. but that was him trying. Oh. I think that was him trying. And then I think at some point they were like, you know what? Just be full British and we'll we'll make you American <laughs> in the flashback scenes, which maybe they had already shot because those clearly needed a lot of prosthetics yeah. and shit. And we'll we'll just excuse it in the narrative because what what happens is it looks so bad that it reminded me immediately of that Jaden Smith Will Smith movie. Do you know what I'm the talking one, about? The Earth one, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Right. The weird sci-fi yeah. one that was supposed to put Jaden Smith on the map, and then it just got everybody to make fun of him because <laughs> he was terrible. At it. Um. Yeah. But part of that failure was that they decided that they were going to do a neo accent and combine a bunch of accents and get somebody to teach him how to speak it. And I don't know what it was supposed to sound like, but it's so bad that it sounds it sounds it sounds bad and fake. And the same thing is here is if that was deliberate, if he is the best linguistic genius of British and English and British and American English co combined, it still sounds so dumb. I, that makes more sense because I didn't I don't I don't know enough about Harry Styles. Like I, I've heard the name before. I kind of recognize him. When I've seen him, but like I don't really know anything about him. And so I, I didn't know that he in real life is British. So when the accent came and went. I was like, oh, it's that this guy can't keep a British accent. But no, apparently he can because he's British. <laughs> I can't explain this. I can't explain this well, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to okay. explain this. Um, so first of all, that is not a good look for Olivia Wilde. Like that is, you did not, mm, no. she looked not great. Not, not She looked great. aged. <laughs> she looked older than she is. She quite, and there is nothing wrong with being an older actress. If you are an older actress, old. it's fine. <laughs> it's just that she's styled so strangely that she looks out of place yeah. in the friend group. Everybody else in the friend group looks Florence Pugh's age. And Florence Pugh, to be fair, is a very young looking 20 something. Right. So she already is gonna have that little bit of, of extra youthfulness. And so next to Olivia Wilde, who is styled, I think it's the little thin eyebrows and the super fake red hair. She just looks like a matron. Yes. And she is 10 years older than Florence Pugh, which in Hollywood is like nothing. Like people who are 10 years apart, right. you know, they, they, they play twins. Like it, yeah, it, it doesn't no, it make doesn't. any difference. But the two of them together, they're supposed to be like besties of the same age and then the same situation. And you don't get that feeling at all because she's so momish and she's, I guess that's not really how the character's written, even though they pretend right. that it is. Yeah. She's supposed to be just as like dumb, fun, drink, yes. kind of yes. as Florence Pugh. But it, it feels like when you have one really older person in a friend group, and they're just always a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Olivia Wilde this whole movie. But her dresses are beautiful, and they they fit her wonderfully. Yes. And so it's just uh, it's her her hair makeup is just an odd choice. But poor Florence Pugh, I was like, who hated her? <laughs> who did she piss off? Because she looks like shit this whole movie, and she's not supposed no. to. And so I wrote. I want to know who she pissed off. Oh, it was Olivia Wilde. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, yeah, if you're under a rock, I don't know that much about it because I just did like a TikTok binge for like two days because I love to be messy on TikTok. <laughs> but basically this movie ruined a bunch of uh, relationships. It got 
Florence Pugh to cheat on Zach Braff with Harry Styles, which honestly good for her, her because Zach Braff's old yeah. and irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to stop dating cute 20 year olds. He's passe. We're over that. We're <laughs> over that. Sorry, scrubs. Like you're done. Uh, and then immediately Harry Styles started banging Olivia Wilde and got her to like leave her husband for him. And so, of course, Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh did not get along at all, which is probably another reason why their characters do not feel like genuine best right. friends. Um, but she styled so badly that I almost felt like it was deliberate. Like the yellow that they put in her first couple of dresses and on her apron clashes so badly with yeah. her hair. Her hair looks her hair looks like it's been dyed, but she's a natural blonde. Right. Right. And then, like, her aprons and her dresses never match. Her dress patterns are always a little too modern for what she's supposed to yeah. be wearing. Yeah, that, that, and, that black dress I, that she wears when she goes... To, yeah, with, this, with the with Yeah, the and it looks so cute, whatever. but it was like, I was like, that's too... She wouldn't have worn that. It's way she too wouldn't modern. have worn that in the 50s. No, it's too modern. And that's another, it's another one of those things where it's like, if you were supposed to be out here doing it on purpose to show she doesn't belong. First of all, it doesn't work thematically because nobody here belongs. Nobody right. here is no. native. So everybody, <laughs> she's not special at this point when she's dressed weird. She's just a chick mm -hmm. in this eighty, in this nine or fifties. I'm saying every <laughs> it's every, a 50s, I'm just yeah. through all of it. <laughs> That she's just, she's just exactly the same as everybody else who's a transplant. Mm -hmm. So giving her a different visual cue doesn't make sense at this point. If her clothing changed to reflect the fact that she was no longer fitting in, that would have been a clever style design, but it's not what no. happens here. Um, her hair? Yeah. And she was always, always just a little disheveled. Even, even before she started to like awaken and have that re revelation and realize when she was still fully immersed in the simulation, she was always a tad disheveled. And I was like, why? Dis disheveled. And there's a point at which Harry Styles buys her a super sexy dress and he talks up and this it's dress. not. And he's like, I <laughs> saw this dress and I knew that you had to have this dress and you're going to look so good. And then she puts it on. And he's like, you're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. I love you so much. But the dress doesn't fit her and the color doesn't work for her skin uh it pulls in all the wrong spots like it's not yeah. tailored to her hips and it has <laughs> those deliberate folds in the design i'm making this gesture you can't see it um <laughs> and those are when you have yes. a dress that has the deliberate folds yes. in it it has to fit you <laughs> Like the sheath of it has to fit your body. I know that you know what I'm talking about because you make clothes. Like you, <laughs> you made cosplay before. So I, and I know what I'm talking about because I did take a fashion marketing class once in high school. But uh, if, if the sheath part, also I've worn the style dress before and I'm a little hippie. And so you have to, it has to, the, right. the sheath of the dress fits your body. And then the overlay of the dress has the deliberate folds in it yes, because then exactly. it draws your eyes away of less flattering areas like your stomach and draws it towards flattering areas like your chest. And so it's a very, it's a very nice design, especially for a wide yeah. range of body types. I love that kind of dress. And Florence Pugh doesn't really need right. that type of dress because she got a cute little snatched waist, but it would still look good on her if it fit her properly. But what ends up happening is- Yes, and they even, I even noticed that when uh, Florence and Harry first show up to the party uh, and Olivia Wilde sees Florence's character, she's like, oh my God, like reacting to how gorgeous she's supposed to look in this dress. And then I was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> Don't you lie to her. <laughs>
it was a this I feel I feel like this was deliberate sabotage by Olivia Wilde. I, I, I have no leg to stand on. This is my conspiracy theory for don't worry, darling. I feel like Olivia Wilde went to that hair that stylist, slipped them an extra hundred that they didn't pay the nanny. But it doesn't work because she's Florence Pugh. <laughs> That's a good point, though, because I also noticed not until like the third time we were seeing like them in the morning that all of the other wives that when they step out to wave goodbye to their husbands as they dry off, drive off, all of the other wives are already dressed for the day. Lawrence always comes out in like his his shirt and her panties or a robe. Yeah. Like all the other wives are fully put together when they step out to say goodbye to their husbands and Florence isn't. And I was like, why are you the only one still in your like pajamas or whatever? To show us that the programming isn't taking, man, except it is. It is taking. At this point, we are 100% in the simulation. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, she doesn't, she doesn't match, but okay, whatever. And again, uh, so um, this starts with this song. There's a, we see a dinner party uh, yep. at someone's house. I don't know. Maybe Olivia Wilde's house. It doesn't matter. Then uh, Florence and her husband are like driving, doing donuts in a field, which later we find out is the desert. Uh, and then we get a clip to the next morning. They're talking about planning a dinner party for their own house. Um, there is an earthquake of sorts. The house begins shaking and that's clearly a regular occurrence. I noted because they both react by grab, like holding the dishes and grabbing on things. Neither of them looks phased. So this is clearly something that happens on a regular basis. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's like they live near an Air Force base. I don't know. Um, and then this is when we see all of the wives walk out at the same time. All the husbands pull out of the driveway at the same time. We get that nice cookie cutter, like Stepford Wives, Vivarium, like everybody does the same thing sort of shot. That was kind of nice. Um, we get our first radio announcement explaining that they're part of the Victory Project. And then we see Florence cleaning her house. I was like, and of course she's cleaning her house in full makeup and a nice dress because it's your June Cleaver, Leave it to Beaver 1950s sort of style. Uh, then there's another clip where we see them at uh, the, some of the women are taking a ballet class. I hate, I hate this ballet. I hate it in every fucking way. It's Suspiria, it's Suspiria ripoff is what it is <laughs> is that olivia wilde again saw a movie and was like i can do this be a creepy ballet for symbolism i can do this better except no and as a as a dancer of 20 years i was i was like they're not even really taking this class because look at their hands what's what you're doing with that weird wrist thing over there i couldn't watch it i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't watch it i was like it was implied that like this is a class that they take weekly or on a regular basis and so they look and i'm like no they've literally never taken a class they all walked in here in these matching outfits and filmed this one scene for two minutes and like no one was like no like they didn't take any effort to make it look like that they had had classes before at all no. And I, I also get that they wanted to include this because they have the, the trippy sci-fi dancing yeah. in the sunken place. And then they have uh, the one yes. scene where she's hallucinating in the studio, <laughs> which is just black. It's just black swan. Like this whole movie is just it's just cut. Well, it's just cut and steeled from other movies that did this better already. Like, I'm so much better at this. And yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, at that scene, you get some professional dancers behind her for choreography. Um, I also noticed, this is the first time I noticed that I was like surprised that there were uh, 
brown people brown women here i just i don't know like watching the trailer i just assumed that and i don't know if i had seen a trailer that had the black woman in it it's possibly that i just like deleted it from my brain but i was like oh there are black women here and there's a the teacher was brown and i was like that's i just assumed that this whole town was going to be white because we already knew it was a step for wives sort of thing but then when we get the reveal it made sense that some of them were brown i was just kind of like yeah, I think that Olivia Wilde should have just leaned into her hashtag white feminism and not cast any brown women. I feel like it yeah, would have yeah. actually been better. I'm sorry, oh, yeah, no. Chan they're and so good. Up her name, but now I've forgotten it. The actress who plays Margaret, because they're fantastic. They're so good. But for what that's fair. what them being brown in the movie means, I wish they were white. They should have been played by white actresses. <laughs> because why? Yes, because why? I was a little hurt that Margaret, that her character arc, that she was the black one. I just needed her to stay. Anyway, okay, moving on. All right, let's see. Florence sees one. Oh, uh, then we get ballet class. Then we get Florence. This is the first time we see Margaret. Florence is like outside hanging laundry. We see Margaret like clutching a toy plane with her eyes closed and you can tell something's wrong with her. And then, uh, oh yes, and then there are the eggs. This is the eggs, yeah. So this is supposed to be like a glitch in the simulation, which doesn't make any sense uh, for what we're establishing later. The point of the script is that everyone is yes. happy mm -hmm. in their Stepford wife life uh, until something jars them out of it. And Margaret has already been jarred but she doesn't get to be the protagonist. <laughs> uh, but Florence, yeah. in Florence, her her thing is that she went to the desert and things triggered. And so later, the same kind of thing happens to Florence. And then she gets triggered. Yeah. And this is what we call in the movie jargon, the entrance to the special world, right? Where her going into the desert, which is going to happen in a little bit, is going to change her life. You can think of it, the best visual example that they talk about in all the yes. screenplay classes or every YouTube video that talks about this is in Wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white to color. It's the most blatant version of this in a film is that when she goes from Kansas and she opens up the door and then now it's color, technicolor, that she has entered the world of Oz and now things are different. So the same thing is supposed to happen with Florence where mm -hmm. things are different after she goes to the desert, except that from her styling, from her clothes, and from no. what, this fucking egg scene, we already, it's not different. There is no kickoff to this, to this thing. Um, so she's making like deviled, her famous deviled eggs for this party, and she's cracking <laughs> eggs. And this is, this is the first time I wanted to take the cinematographer outside, beat them up for their lunch money. Right. Was that the point of the eggs is that she breaks the egg and there's no egg in it. It's just empty eggshell. And then it's so weird for her that she just starts crushing, crushing right. eggshells. So I don't know if they couldn't figure out how to make an egg without like, without the egg in it, like an eggshell right. without the egg in it, because they never show the fucking egg. And they never show the empty eggshells. They only show her face and her hand from behind. And so right. you have to infer Cause there's nothing, there's nothing running down her arm. You eventually can see that like, there's nothing running down her arm. There's no yolk all over the table. It's just like, yeah. But yeah, there, there's two times where they should be showing you a thing that she is holding, that it is plot relevant, that she is holding this thing and they don't. 
And this is the first one where it was supposed to show us that, hey, there's already a glitch in the system. There's already a problem with Florence. You know, she's she's these eggs aren't working and she's 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 glitching out and Stepford wiving. But if you don't show us that there's something wrong with the eggs, it's extremely easy to overlook and just be like, oh, yeah, she's just cracking. I don't know why she's crushing eggs. She's crushing them because they're empty. And that's weird for her. So she's fixing like She's not it. completely aware that she's still crushing eggs, at least based on her acting. But what triggered her? Nothing. Right. Yes. What triggered her? Why is there nothing in the eggs? And then if you wanted to show us, hey, there's nothing in these eggs and that's <laughs> weird. I need it. I, I can script this out for you. You ready? You can take some notes, cinematographer person. Um is that you needed to show the crush, the open right. palm with the empty eggs, her face for a second, and then go back to her crushing the eggs. And her face doesn't have to change at all. You could have had her complete blank faced, or you could have her realizing it, you know, whatever you wanted to show in that moment would have been fine. But we needed for right. that to happen, for us to know, and for us to see that either she knows or she doesn't. Like, though that was information I needed for this scene to work yeah. if this is the first yeah. time we're seeing a glitch. And almost every time that there's a glitch, it is shot so shitty. So shitty. And I, I just don't, I don't understand. Was it because Olivia Wilde was in front of the kid? Like, I almost felt like her role should have been bigger because then I could have excused why it looked so bad because she clearly couldn't have been watching. <laughs> yeah. Like, her character's important, but she's, there are a lot of scenes without her. Which makes sense because she was directing. She couldn't, yeah. Right. But if this is what it looks like when you're directing, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't watch Booksmart because it's not for me. That was not, that's not, I'm not the target audience for this movie. It's a, it's a, it's a quirky <laughs> teen sex comedy thing starring smart white girls who are the most depressed, you know, <laughs> smart white girl virgins, the most depressed uh, no. group minority <laughs> in the States. Like, I, I don't, I don't care about, I don't want to watch this. I'm not watching this. Like, you, you can't sell me on super bad with white right. girls. I'm not going to watch it. Like, Yes. Um, we get another time skip here because she's crushing the eggs and then suddenly it's night and her husband's at the door <laughs> and she's got her, she's changed her, she's in a nicer dress. She's finally done her hair. At least it's more done than it was in the morning. Uh, her makeup is uh, is upped. So you know how you have your day makeup, your night makeup. She looks, she's got her night makeup on. Um, they make out, they have sex. And then there's another time skip and now it's daytime again. And she's at a pool party this time. We got to talk about this fucking sex scene. I don't want uh, to. I was trying I to avoid it. <laughs> uh, I am 20 minutes of a two hour movie and I am super tired of them having sex was my, one of my notes. Uh, Cause I think at the 20 minute mark, they have had sex three times and I'm just, I'm just over it. Um, but at this time, where, wait, hold on. There I am. There I am. She makes a roast. And then to show how passionate they are, she rolls around on the table, shoving everything off, off of the table. And like, you could tell, there's a couple times where you can tell the actor or actress is following the script because there's no reason for them to do the thing that they do. She proceeds to push like a cat pushing i know she, i'm like she's put she looks at a plate she pushes it off she looks at, oh there's a bowl over there let me push that one off too <laughs> i was like why are you even paying attention why are you still paying attention to the dishes <laughs> when there's a whole... she, because it was in the script it was in the script that she had to swipe at the dishes mid coitus right and like i don't i don't it didn't need to be that long because it's like oh he's 
really in love with his wife and they have sex as soon as he gets home. Okay, fade to black. I don't need to see the whole thing. I don't care. And then um, that overhead shot, the overhead, the bird's eye view shot of her on the table. Like what was, there, there was no symbolism there that I noticed at least. It was just her like a cat pushing dishes off the table. Isn't this just like a regular day for you too? It's just who, I was like, who are the other plates for? They set the table for four so she would have more dishes to pu push off. That's why. That's, and then someone was like, don't push the roast off because it's too messy. So you just have to push off every... You can see her checking which dish yes, she's she pushing looks, off. You can see her she, face. And then she's like, oh, that's the empty one. That's the empty <laughs> one. That's the empty one. So she knocks things off three times. And it is very check, push, yep. check, push, check, push. <laughs> and that's the one they ran with. Yeah. That's, I just wanted to talk about the fucking dishes for a second. Okay, we can move, move on from this terrible and not the last okay, sex scene. Okay, far from not the last. last. So, time skip, day at the pool. Uh, Florence, whose name, whose character name is Alice. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know her name was Alice until like an hour, an hour in. <laughs> she will always be Florence. If she was Florence, no, I feel like we called her Danny. We called her Danny. We called her Danny in the summer. We did call her Danny. <laughs> So she Florence here because I did not know her name. I did not know her character's name or Harry Styles' character mm -hmm. name until way more than an hour in. Was I like, oh, man, that's what their name. And I, was, I don't know why. I was like, was no one. I don't know. We called her Danny for Midsummer. She's Florence here. So Florence is humming a song. And one of the other, one of the wives asked her about it. And she's like, I can't figure out where it's from. You can tell this song she's humming, though, is triggering memories for her. Uh, but she keeps getting distracted by the other women. Um, and then we have a little time skip. They're still at the pool party, but now instead of in bathing suits, they're dressed. They have on their clothing. Um, she sees like a, one of those, like a big model of their neighborhood. Um, I realized later, because the way they, the way the camera panned over this model, I was like, I'm supposed to notice something about this. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I think later, uh, when she's awakened and she knows what's going on, we get a bird's eye view of Victory Village or wherever they live. And it's like a, like a snail shell sort of spiral. And I think we were supposed to notice that in the model at the pool party, but that it wasn't shot right. It's, um, you know what it is? I, I didn't realize this until the very end because they show us the model and the bird's eye view. And I think we see the model again later. Too, yeah. Um, it's because when we get to our hashtag spoiler that this is all QAnon or something, Whatever, I don't yeah. fucking know. An Andrew Tate cult, yes. I guess. Ooh, I have so much to say about and, that. And, <laughs> but when we get to that point, he's watching a movie in the real world when she comes home, like a, a, a yeah, cult yeah. reel, right? Like a, one of Andrew Tate's TikToks, <laughs> right? And the, uh, the logo is interlocking seas, which is how Got the it. town's built. So that's what we were supposed to notice. I'm surprised I noticed it because it's so dumb. <laughs> like, I just, and then my only thought was like, what a stupid, inefficient design for a city. Like, what a dumb, interlocking sea chunk, weird design for a city. And then I saw the logo when he's like quickly yeah. minimizing it. And I was like, okay, whatever. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So at the pool party is when we, they first start talking about Margaret. So we've yes. seen Margaret. Um, with the plain spaced out, not, not newspaper in her windows, like a good yeah. little wifey. Uh, and so we know she's bad. This is the first time Margaret okay. speaks because Chris Pine is doing his 
cult, one of his cult leader speeches and everyone's down, except Margaret is like, um, this is when Margaret speaks up and she's like, she like speaks up. She's I didn't write the quote, but basically during his like cult leader pep talk, she like, she says something like they're lying to us or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when they're still at the pool party in bikinis, they say some stuff about Margaret to give us backstory exposition. And she is the crazy murder pariah who neglected her baby to death. She dragged her child out into the desert for, for no reason. And then when they found her, the child was gone and they just know he's dead. And she says that he's not dead because you know, she's fucked up. And then they start, Mm. Okay, there's one of those unintentional things where, like, I know this wasn't what you intended to do, uh, but this is how it happened. And this was what one of those things where I was like, maybe Margaret should have been white. Maybe Margaret <laughs> should have been a white actress. Is that Bunny, who is yeah. Olivia Wilde, starts talking mad fucking mm-hmm. shit about her. And I get it because, you know, hashtag spoiler later, we find out that none of the kids right. are real. And that she is in the simulation on purpose because her IRL kids are dead yeah. or whatever or something. I don't know. It's it's one it's a one one yeah, line. But basically later. Yeah, wait, basically wait, wait, her wait, real later. kids died. So in the but, simulation she gets to have her kids. Yeah. Yeah. So she's supposed to be a which a doting mom, which she's a super neglectful mom, which I guess that she was <laughs> considering the drama with Olivia Wilde not liking her kids and not paying her nanny, that it's all a little too yeah. on the nose. It's a little you're, too you're on in the, the simulation here. on purpose because your real kids died and you get to have them in the simulation. But there are constant jokes about how she doesn't pay attention to her kids and that her kids like Florence Pugh better. And it's like, but you're not a good mom. <laughs> like you're and all of this could have been fine if later she had had a good speech where she was like, I thought this was what I wanted, but I can't stand to look at them because they're just yes, a reminder of yes. what I really had. But it's not. At the end, she's still like, yeah, this is the best life ever. No, you would be, if if your kids died and you got to have them in the simulation, you would think she'd be like the clingiest, doting, oh, I love you kisses kind of yes. mom. Because you... But instead, she's shitty to her kids, but she's only there for her kids. And I'm sure if you ask Olivia Wilde, she'd be like, well, it's the complexity of motherhood. But it, it just looks sloppy. Um, but the reason, that's the reason, we have to talk about that now, because that's the reason why her character is so shitty about this woman killing, like, you know, yeah. losing her kid. She's like, how dare how dare she do that? She's so neglectful. She's, you know, she doesn't deserve kids, this, that, and the other. And I was like, that is the only black woman with lines. Yep, because the, the other line. black woman, just we never her. even get a close-up of the other black woman. She's always- mm, I know, I'm just like, mm. I don't, I, and then they were like, I thought you were friends. Like, oh, we used to be friends. And it's like, yeah, we used to be until we found out what she's really like. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> so you're, you're only your black, only black friend, friend. neglectful mother. Who murders her child and is just trash compared to you, Olivia Wilde? Oh no! Don't know. So that was that was where I was like, maybe, maybe she should have been white. Maybe she should have been. Maybe, maybe she should have been, been white. Mm. <laughs> like the new the new wife. They get that because the the pool parties when we first meet the brand new couple and. The the new the new husband says something about like I, I wonder when I'm gonna get to meet Frank and then Nick Kroll's character lays into him like you're honored to even know who Frank is and I was like oh call I oh I get it this is, and this is immediately when I was like oh it's a cult I get it because then Chris cult. Pine when they he comes out and they're all like awed and enamored by him at this pool mm-hmm. party um 
And he, I, I wrote, Chris Pine talks about mining your potential and that they're brave for being here and brave for being different and standing for their beliefs. And I was like, oh, it's a cult. Okay, it's a cult. It's a cult. And this is your compound. I get it. I'm there. I, yeah. <laughs> Jimmer Chan. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, after the cult leader speech, we see Alice Florence Pugh looking for her husband. Uh, she happens to see that the black woman has been escorted away into a room in the house, like just kind of off to the side. And that's when Margaret says, they're hiding me in here. Um, her husband is like, oh, she's, she just needs to sleep. She hasn't been sleeping well. And Margaret says she's been having bad dreams. And as she's about to explain more, the husband like closes the curtain because he doesn't want her talking to Florence. At this point, I was like, why didn't they just go home? This is a small town. You walk everywhere. Just go home. Why are you even still here for Florence to see? I get for this moment. So Florence can have this conversation. That's why. Uh, Florence discover it goes, oh, finds her husband. He's inside Chris Pine's house, putting on Chris Pine's tie. Yes. And then they have sex while he is wearing Chris Pine's yes. tie. And I was like, up against. That's a little gay. There's nothing wrong with being gay. But if we're doing like, it's clearly not shot with its homoerotic potential. And that's if you if you are dragging your your wife into your cult leader's bedroom so you can have sex with her wearing your cult leader's clothes, that has a certain vibe. And we just don't get that. We just don't get that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so time skip, different day. The wives are, this is the part where they're, mm, and they're telling them, oh, they ride the trolley. They talk about not having to worry about the weather, which is key. I love living here. You don't have to worry about the weather. And I was like, so you're in a dome? <laughs> what? What is? What is happening? Huh? Okay. Uh. Okay. So, right around the plane crash, at this point, we've heard the hum song, yeah. humming song, like mm -hmm. three times, and so. Because I said, you know, the sound mixing is is especially bad, even for modern movie times. Um, I let it go like the first two two times that I heard heard her humming because I was like, maybe I'm just not hearing it right because of the way that the sounds mixed. But by this time was when I realized that I hate this song, uh, <laughs> because it's so generic. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when someone is like, oh, do you know the song? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. Right. What the fuck is that? Like when a tone deaf person asks you what a song is and then they just hum this weird monotone. <laughs> that is what the song, I stopped the movie and I went to Spotify and I looked up this song so I could listen to it because I couldn't tell what it was supposed to sound like. And I got to tell you after listening to it, I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> It's it's just no 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 it, it's it's the generic most generic wannabe 50 song and and it's strange because those songs have such specific like yeah. cadences that you really have to try it sound as generic as it does and I was really irritated because I it's 30 minutes. I've heard the song three times. I'm going to hear the song at least every 10 minutes from this point on. And I think I did. And when you have a song that is important to the narrative, you have to come back to it thematically. You can't have them hum the same generic bar mm, a dozen yeah. times. So it needed to be reflected in the soundtrack. 
it needed to be reflected in some other way. But because it does not stand out, whatever, and because there's so much blasting other random jer, 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 <laughs> noise and like 50s, regular 50s mu music, like it completely gets lost. And I feel like that's another thing that where Olivia Wilde will get, man, it's a piss to get lost because it's just, you know, it's a thread that she's following to the truth. But it doesn't work. It just, I spend more time being irritated about her making these weird noises. I felt like I was in a library where the person, a couple like, was trying to study and, and the person like three seats over just will not stop humming or I can just faintly hear right. their headphones and it's driving me up the wall because it's not distinct. And then I'm extra angry at you, Harry Styles, <laughs> you fuck, because you're a yeah. fucking musician and you got given this and you were like, yes, this is this shit is fire. And you put it on Spotify and you, I don't care. I'm going to lose every one of our Harry Styles stands with stand listeners right now, right here. If Harry Styles listened to that generic bullshit and 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 recorded a version for Spotify to be streamed by millions, <laughs> he, he could not have creatively created any of his own fucking music ever. It was all studio. He's a plant. He's an industry plant. That's my. I mean, he is because he's he's One Direction. But I'm oh, yeah. I I I'm I I am I've lost all of my all of my respect for you, Mr. Styles. <laughs> Um, so this is for those who haven't seen the movie and don't care about spoilers. So she sees Florence is riding the trolley by herself and she sees a red airplane smoking and it crashes into a mountain kind of a little in the distance. Uh, I did notice that this red airplane looks exactly like the red airplane that Margaret was holding in the earlier scene. It's the same red airplane that we see. Yes, oh, it's the same that. red airplane we see her son pulling along in that flashback of her and her son walking in the desert before she loses him. And so- But then what the fuck does I that mean? What, the what fuck does a red airplane mean? mean? <laughs> I don't know because Florence's red airplane is not a real plane. Margaret's airplane was. <laughs> like Margaret's- or Vice versa, versa yeah, yeah. Versa. Margaret, Margaret's airplane, Margaret is like holding this toy airplane and then Florence sees a matching airplane a real one flying in the sky, crash into the mountain. She panics as you would, tries to get the trolley driver to go. And he's like, oh no, yeah, no, I don't go that way. We've already established that they're not supposed to leave because that's the problem with Margaret is that she tried to leave. Go ahead. Yes, I am going to say, I am going to say that bitch, this is a trolley. Like you, you don't just drive <laughs> around on a trolley. <laughs> and yeah, there is a road and it's not the kind of like, cable right. streetcar so i guess theoretically but the road is extremely narrow so even later when people are driving up it it's in their little narrow yes like ind individual person cars i don't think his trolley would have <laughs> and so when she's like i can't believe you you're the worst how can you not take the trolley up the mountain it was like he literally can't right. he's gonna and, and you have to drive through the desert the unpaved un un Unroaded, rocky, rocky ass <laughs> desert to get to the road to even get to the. So how his trolley would have made it like four feet? Like that's just not. They would have got stuck somewhere. Right, agreed. So she hops off the trolley and runs through the desert. And I was like, I get it. You want to help these people, but what you gonna do when you get there? Because you don't have a cell phone. It's the 50s. Like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to run to the plane. 
let's say the plane had been there. She's going to run to the plane, be like, are y'all okay? Now let me run four miles back and get help. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it was supposed to be foreshadowing that in the real world, she was a doctor. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So at this point is when I looked up who wrote the script oh. and it was Dick Van Dyke Jr. What? It's Dick Van Dyke. It's not his name. His, his name is something but still, else Van Dyke. It's Dick like, Van Dyke's kid. Oh. And okay. his wife, I All think. Right. So I was like, wow, you know what? I absolutely can see it. Because first of all, the script sucks. So that's nepotism at work for you, baby. <laughs> and second of all, of course, what do you write what you know? What do you know? 1950s, yeah. but trying to be but trying to be edgy. I was like, this is I was like, I don't know what I expected, but somehow this this fills yeah. that niche niche that that that's the puzzle piece <laughs> is that still doesn't help me doesn't make it better <laughs> no. okay uh anyway so uh she goes to the top of this mountain there's a dome-shaped building absorbatory thing we don't know what, eventually we find out it's the headquarters whatever she it's all reflective mirrors on the outside she puts her palms on her reflection and blacks out goes to the sunken place time skip it is night she wakes up in her bed. This time, this is the first time skip she has where she knows that she's had a time skip because she wakes up in the bed confused. Uh, here goes out, Harry Styles is in the kitchen. He's like, you can tell he's doing that. I'm a husband who never cooks, but I'm going to try to cook for you today sort of thing. And she's like, how long have you been home? How long was I asleep? How did I get back here? And he's like, she's clearly confused. And he is acting like there's nothing, ha like nothing happened. Like there's no way someone discovered her in the desert and brought her back to her house and did not call her husband. Like, however she got home, he knows, he would know about it. So he's acting like nothing is wrong. She has no idea how she got home. They have a conversation. She tries to like talk to him about the airplane crashing and all of this stuff. And he's just like, blowing her off, whatever, time skip. It's the next morning. <laughs> um, we see the whole routine again, her making the toast, her making the coffee, her cooking the breakfast, cooking the bacon. This time she's cleaning the windows. Uh, we, we get that scene from the trailer where she's cleaning like a large uh, plate glass window or wall sized window and the wall behind her moves up and squishes her into the glass. Um, and then suddenly she blinks and it's over and the wall is back where it belongs. Um, I hated that scene. It's shot so badly uh, that I couldn't tell the wall was crushing her until her face is literally on yeah. the glass. And <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not, and not in a cool, subtle way. There's a way that you can shoot things where something unexpected yeah. happens and you're like, Oh, with where you use a trick of perspective or you use you put something secret in the background and then you don't see them see it until like the second or third rewatch because I, I rewound it and rewatched this part of it. Um, but then there's parts of it where you just get mad and you're like, that's that is a visual trick that didn't work. <laughs> and this was a visual trick that didn't work because of the way it's focused on the outside. It looks like they're zooming right. in on her. And if and if they were doing it deliberately, all it did was ruin the trick. Yeah. All it did was ruin the trick. No. So don't do that. I, uh, I was uh. looking for the wall to be moving because I'd seen that clip so many times. I was expecting it to be there. And even purposely staring at the wall to see it moving, 
I didn't really see it until it was like basically on her. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not fun. <laughs> I wanted the suspense of like, is it gonna squish her? Whatever, it didn't happen. I mean, it squished her, it was boring. Okay, <laughs> so she gets pressed into the glass and then uh, she like blinks and suddenly it's over and the wall is back and she's confused. Her phone rings, it's Margaret calling her um, and Margaret is like, you went out there, didn't you? You saw it, didn't you? And so um, Margaret is like, you can tell Margaret is like relieved that someone else's experience had the same experience. She's feeling like maybe Alice is on her side, but at this point, Alice is still not ready to accept what's happening. And she basically like denies that she even knows what Margaret is talking about and treats Margaret like she's still the only crazy person in town. Um, which is sad because she wasn't anyway. Uh, and then, but I was kind of like, so Harry Styles pretending the night before that nothing had happened can't be true because if Margaret knows that Alice went out there, that means everyone knows that Alice went out there, right? Because how, like how, like how, I was like, how does Margaret know? How does she know? How does Margaret know? Because nobody else seems to know right. that she's out there. And I'm going to skip ahead just a teeny bit. At a later dinner party, Chris Pine mentions her being out there and drops it like it's a bomb, like a mic check, like a mic drop. But uh, that makes sense. I will. I know. I know why Chris Pine knows, but I don't know why. Well, she right. Knows. But because and then the, everyone else at the table, including Harry Styles, is like, "What? You went out to the desert?" And I'm like, "Wait, but Margaret knew, so someone else had to know, right?" Like, besides, I mean, Chris Pine makes sense, but like. How did Margaret know if the rest right, of right. them, why? I don't know. Especially because like Margaret is like no longer part of the friend group. So Margaret's not right. getting the gossip. How How is she that, right. whatever. Right, because they make a point later when her reputation starts to take a nosedive for how the other characters treat her, even yeah. just in the background. And so they're not doing it yet. So she couldn't have been doing anything wrong yet or it couldn't have been right. public knowledge yet. So I don't know. Everyone's still being nice to her. So I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Um, next scene, they're back at dance class, but this time uh, Alice is looking, this is the, uh, Alice is looking at herself in the mirror and instead of seeing herself, she's seeing Margaret. Yes. Yes, which does, it's the, oh, head bang yes. against the glass. Yes, I haven't seen this 900,000 times. times. Shot better. Uh, and then we also have, all of the background dancers are suddenly professional, professional dancers, dancers yes. whose faces happen to be hidden because they're professional dancers. And yeah, it's just, it's a very Suspira black swan. I liked these movies. So we're going to somehow shove it into the 1950s aesthetic, <laughs> even though it absolutely doesn't fucking work. Uh, and it's yes. a scene and she and screams she and she's just dumb. I just wanted, I just want them to not be stupid. Like I just want, I want you to scream and then for you to be like, I saw a rat and they don't no. have to buy it. But like, can you Oh my save? God, a roach. Oh, it's a bug. Oh, sorry. I... And then she, and then she runs away. <laughs> yep. She stares at, they're all like, what's wrong with you? Cause of course she's the only one who saw Margaret or in the mirror on the other side, bashing her head. So Florence runs away. Now that, now that Florence also went to the desert of headquarters, they share a, a psych, they share a, I almost said psychotic, not <laughs> a telepathic bond. They share a bond because somehow Florence sees Margaret in the mirror bashing her head and her first thought is, oh, she's going to hurt herself. And she races home. 
race does not ride the trolley home she runs home on foot in time to see margaret on the roof alice yells to, to stop and margaret slits her throat at the top of her on the roof and falls off the roof and so magically somehow immediately upon her falling on the ground men in red suits are just right there ready to drag her away <laughs> <laughs> right they stop florence from running over to to margaret they grab margaret and pick her up and drag her away florence is traumatized as you would be if you watch someone try to unalive themselves in front of you so florence who's already having a bad week is her rip is i mean is genuinely traumatized now she's witnessed something absolutely terrible um time skip tonight she's trying to convince her husband jack of what she saw about margaret and he's like oh no i already heard about that she's at the hospital she just cut herself cleaning the windows she's gonna be a few stitches she's fine and alice is like florence is like there's no way there's no way you're gonna convince me that i did not see what i saw with my own eyeballs but she lets it go because what else is she gonna do um Oh, and this was the point where I was like, oh, I get it. The, the reason these clips are like this is because Alice is losing time and they want us to see her losing time. That was the when I noticed that, when I put that together. I also could be wrong. I might be giving them too much credit, but. <laughs> I think I think that the editing team, once you said that, I think the editing team did it on purpose and I think it makes it better yes. for the tone, but because the script clearly didn't write that in, the, the script yeah. didn't write that. Um, there's a lot of contradictions. That's fair. It's that. just like up until this point, because I, I kind of hate when movies do those quick succession scenes where it's like there's dialogue and like nothing happens in this two minute scene. And now we're on to something else. Why are we doing this? And I was like, oh, I get it. It's because whatever is caught. And at this point, we don't know it's a simulation, but it's like, oh, whatever is whatever step for wife pro cultish programming they have on all of these wives she loses time but she's not aware that she's lost the time she's asking oh she asked harry styles about the victory project and he's just like oh I, you know i'm a technical engineer it's classified we're not even allowed to talk between departments um and he's like you need to chill out because if you don't chill out we're gonna lose all of this like they'll be put out of the projects put out of the town um he says Oh, he says we, he said specifically, we would lose our life together. And I was like, does he mean that they both be ejected or like he'd have to get a new Stepford wife? Because at this mm -hmm. point, we don't know the truth, right? And I was like, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, next scene is her having another uh, sunken place dream underwater, dark, <laughs> floating in the sunken place. Then suddenly she's awake and <laughs> where she was sitting on the couch before, now she's like, she's wait awakens because she's bumped into a window as if she was sleepwalking. Um, another time skip, it's morning. We're doing the whole morning routine again. Uh, and this is the scene where she's wrapping food in plastic wrap and then wraps the plastic wrap around her head. <laughs> it's so goofy looking. It's so fucking Because she looking. smiles at first. Also, because her face is wrapped in saran wrap like an eight-year-old playing with saran wrap. It's uh, making weird faces underneath the plastic wrap. And it just and it went on it way too long. And uh, just, 
Like, and it's like, yes, she, we know she's not going to die because she's the main character. But like, you know that in every horror movie, you know that in every like scary book you read, that, oh, well, they're the main character, they're not going to die here. But there's still a way to like shoot it so that I'm worried about her. And I didn't feel yeah. anything. Like I didn't care. I wasn't concerned or worried about. And it's like, I, I should, I, my belief is suspended enough that I should worry about her, even knowing logically that she has to continue because she's the main character. Yes. It didn't, there was no, I didn't care. <laughs> so the exam, the doctor like is examining her. He says it's exhaustion. Um, Harry Styles mentioned, and the doctor, you know, asked, are you stressed about anything? Harry Styles mentions, oh, she, she saw Margaret. She's freaked out about that. Uh, the doctor claims that she witnessed a trauma and that witnessing a trauma can cause you to have like altered memories or something like that, um, which doesn't make sense because it's like you all are trying to convince her that Margaret cut her hand. What? They even, because I mean, they're trying to convince her that Margaret was cut like on her hand or something, like not her throat, not somewhere that could have caused her to die. And so, but but she's traumatized. Okay. So he writes a prescription. Um while he's talking over her, Florence sees, he's got his briefcase open. There's a file that has Margaret's name on it. It's labeled as security risk. He tries to give her a prescription. She declines because of course she's waking up from her matrix experience. And Harry Styles agrees with her. He's like, yeah, no, we're not gonna take the medicine or whatever. Um, she tries to get the doctor to tell her about Margaret. He just basically blows her off saying, oh, she has some psychological and emotional problems that we could not help her with. And so she and her husband have been dismissed basically from the Victory Project. Um, and then Harry and the doctor go outside to talk and the doctor's left his briefcase there. And while he's there, she manages to like get it open and still get the file about Margaret out before he comes back to get the briefcase. Um, I was like, I wonder if he left the briefcase on purpose because they're clearly noticing that she's waking from her, whatever this is. Um, and I wondered if maybe the reason Harry agreed with her about not taking the pills is because the he feels like the pills would have altered her too much for his liking. And I was like, mm -hmm. so he's, I, I was like, I don't think he's on her side for her benefit. I think he's on her side no, because no. he doesn't want her to be changed. However, she would be changed by this medication. It's selfish is my thinking. This is another one of those things. This is the, this is the second time where the what she has in her hands is important in some way, and we not we do not get to see it. We don't get to see it. We only see a glimpse of her hand, and then a little bit of the page around yes. her hand. We never get a here. I need an establishing shot. I need an establishing shot with the eggshells. I need an establishing shot with this redacted file to show me because yeah, some parts of it are redacted, but some We're not, parts of right. it aren't, and so. We're not seeing her look at the non-redacted parts and go, this is useless. Like we don't see it in her body language. We don't even get, I don't even like it usually when characters talk to themselves, but I could have used it. I could have right. used Florence no. Pugh going, this is useless. There's nothing here. But instead it's just and her going, opening no, it. And then, no, and then, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, And then it in the fire. And so that we're, when she's freaking out, you can't tell at first if she's upset because there's no information or because there's something so shocking that it's right. upsetting her. 
because we don't get the establishing shot of what and the, the whole is in the file. The whole page is weren't wasn't redacted. There were significant chunks from what you no. could see, but there you could tell there were still some words there. So it's like she's not even trying to see what she can see to see what she can put together on her own. She just kind of flips through it quickly and then throws it in the fire. And then the camera zooms in to the file, like in the fire, and there's a picture of Margaret. But it's like it's just a it's a all you can see in the picture is Margaret's face. So like, and then a little bit of the like a corner of partially redacted yeah, paragraph. Doesn't tell us anything. I, we, there, I don't, I don't understand what the point of the scene was, and I don't understand why this doctor is carrying a redacted file. Because if the file was meant exactly. to be planted for her, you would think it would be full of lies. Yes. And if it wasn't meant to be planted for her, and it had no information, whatever, past the redactions, why the fuck do you have it? And also. If you're the doctor, why is it redacted for you? There's just, it doesn't, it make, doesn't any make any sense. sense for it to be nope. like this. It made no sense. Because if it was a plant and he had left the briefcase on purpose, it should be a file full of lies. Exactly. So she can read these yeah. lies and maybe they'd have a chance of convincing her that she was wrong. Because a doctor would not care a redacted file. I was like, this is dumb. I didn't need this scene. <laughs> anyway. So. Later the same day, and we know that because the outfit didn't change. Um, she's again hallucinating, dreaming. Uh, she's the, the weird like dancers and all of that. This time she's standing at the bathroom sink and the water is on. Um, and then she has a she has another time skip and she comes to in the bathtub, a full bathtub of water, and she's like chilling under the water, comes, wakes up. You can tell by her behavior that she doesn't remember getting into the bathtub, running the water, doesn't know what time it is. Um, that's when Harry Styles comes in and uh, shows her that dress, the terrible, ill-fitting dress. He suggests that they should have a baby. This is shocking to her because they're known in the town as being the couple that doesn't want children. We had a whole conversation earlier where Olivia Wilde is like, they only have time for each other. And she makes a comment about all the things that she's heard from the, cause she's their neighbor, you know, they have a lot of sex basically. Uh, so um, he's just suggested, he's like, oh, not now. And he makes some sort of comment, time skip. Now they're at like a, a jazz club or something. It seems like the whole town is there. It's a party being hosted by uh, Frank or Chris Pine and his wife. Um, they go to sit at their table. She catches Frank, Chris Pine, staring at her from a distance. And it's very clear that he is staring directly at her while everyone is watching um, a burlesque dancer perform. It's Dita Von Teese. Oh, it is Dita Von Teese. Okay, Dita, okay. It is Dita Von Teese. I was like, listen, I'm happy that she's working and she looks great for her age. Fantastic. But also like, what is this reference? This is a reference for people... This is this is this is way too dated of a reference for this movie. It's having Dita Von I Tees thought that was her, and I was like, I but I forgot to look it up. I was like, I think that's Dita Von Tees. She has been but. swishing her ass in a champagne glass for twenty yeah. years, <laughs> twenty years, and I was like, God, oh, we still we're still doing this. <laughs> but it was so subtle when they were uh, chanting, "Whose world is this? Oh, Whose world, world is this?" Yeah. <laughs> The men, do you get it? It's the men. It's the men's world. Get it. We're men. I've got a, I got a cigar. Yeah. Right. Do you understand? It. It's for me. <laughs> Guys. Oh, it's so subtle. If you couldn't pick it up at this point, they were just like, let me drop an anvil on your fucking head. <laughs> 
So uh, everyone else is watching uh, Dita Bontis do her thing. And um, Alice, Florence, starts having flashbacks of Margaret. And this time, when she comes to, again, uh, Frank, Chris Pine is on the stage, like, hyping up the crowd. You know, you got to hype up your... You got to hype up your cult people there. They got to be happy. You, you, gotta, you have you to. You got to remind them why they're in the cult. Um, and Florence starts to try to get Harry to take her home. She's like, I don't like it here. Something's going on. I want to go home. She's upset. Uh, this is when um, Frank, Chris Pine, calls Harry Styles to the stage. He starts praising him for being a, like a great, a great guy, great employee, working really hard. And he invites him to join the senior advisory board and presents him with a ring with that he puts on his hand. Um, and he thanks Harry Styles for his loyalty, which is important in the cult to be loyal. Uh, and then I thought this would be a little more relevant and it wasn't anyway. Jack, Harry Styles starts to dance on stage was so out of place. Not just the fact that he is dancing, but how he's dancing, the fact that everyone is cheering him on. I was like, is this, is he also mind controlled like the women are? Is everybody mind controlled except for Chris Pine? Like, I would have liked that. That would have been great. It's not true. Dang it. Because dancing is important later. Damn it. Dancing is important later. All right. Yeah. I gave him so. And uh, this was when I actually, this was actually the point where I looked up Harry Styles because I knew he was famous yeah. and I had, I felt like he is British. Uh, but then I, I had to look him up because I was like, look, my, I'm a little too old for One Direction. Yeah. I'm same. Yeah, we are. It's so, <laughs> so I was like, but I was like, he was a boy band first. Like he was a boy band guy yeah. first before he was his own thing. Right. Let me, let me double check. And he was, he was a boy band guy. He was on some TV show and then got scouted for this boy band and then they blew up and super famous. And this guy cannot fucking dance. And I am very confused. He can't, very confused. He can't dance, but I thought that that was somehow relevant. I thought it didn't matter. Right. right. So you're trying to give him the, maybe he's dancing badly on purpose uh, for plot reasons, yes. but she's not. Oh. And he's, he's not, oh. he's not. Um, they shoot it. Like there are uh, no very few not not every famous person can be Hugh Jackman. Most of them need a stand-in, and that's fine. That's not their specialty. Yeah. You're not going to get put so many triple threats off Broadway. Um, so I'm not going to be, like, mad if Harry Styles isn't great, but I can be extremely furious at how shittily it was shot because it shows, it cuts Harry Styles from mid-chest up, and it's him just a flail in his arms. Yes. And maybe part of it was the specific kind of dance that they decided to make him do, was a particularly full-bodied one. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can tell he's probably just, like, bouncing in place and throwing his hands up. Like, his his, his lower <laughs> body is not doing anything. And so then they, they cut it to the professional dancer's feet, and then the professional dancer from behind style to look like, Jerry, like uh, Harry Styles. Yeah. And it's such a blatant cut, and the camera angles are so obvious and his face isn't moving <laughs> he's right. not moving across the stage <laughs> he is he is maybe bobbing a few inches from side to side when he's windmilling his arms like yeah like like a windmill like he's just just going like a child and uh it's it's just so obviously not him and it's way too long because it they is. keep intercutting it between florence having a breakdown in the bathroom which i was like all right i get that she's having 
flashbacks about Margaret, which there's no reason for her to have it. Nothing triggered her. Like there needed to have, maybe she could have seen a color. Maybe she could have seen like some red or some, some, something yellow. Oh, you're right. Dress. But it just literally, she's sitting there and she's like, Margaret now, because the script calls. You're right. There was no trigger there. Mm. So then she comes back and you can see, and this is her, she's, she's doing that thing where the actress is too good for the scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's like, this is, this is, this is the big reveal. This is the, everyone's in on it. My husband's even kind of, you know, in on it. At this point, she's thinking unwittingly, but right. like, he is part of the cog of this machinery. And it's to the most innocuous white corporate America speech. It's not a scary speech. No. It's just like the senior advisory board. He's not even like a vice president. He's just going <laughs> to sit and give advice with a couple of other dudes. Like, is, this, <laughs> is this, am I too poor and brown to understand that this is ominous? I mean, is this an be. ominous word? It might be too poor and brown. I, you also can't, you can't, you can't be Olivia Wilde and you can cast Florence Pugh at any point where she's going to have to be crying and distressed after seeing her cry and distress in Midsummer. Florence Pugh is brilliant at that having a mental breakdown cry. Like she does that beautifully. Okay. And she did it beautifully again, but you got to know she's bringing it. Okay. She's bringing it. And she, you, your script has to hold up. It has to. Cause Florence was bringing it like that. It was, uh, she, uh, I was heartbroken for her. Like she is such a good actress. God. Yes. Because she's freaking out in the bathroom and then bunny, her best friend who we've not seen, but like twice. So, you know, <laughs> best friend forever who lives next door and pays attention. But we to never us. see her. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she comes in and is like, Oh baby, are you okay? And then Florence starts talking. And to be fair, the Florence does sound a little crazy, but like not, enough like they either needed to lean into her sounding completely hysterical and unhinged yes or they needed her to give a few more facts like you can't have both right all, all i have there is like oh she's a little oh, buddy's not on her side so she tried to win some buddy's not on her side okay negative chemistry they have negative chemistry not i don't believe that they're friends i don't believe that bunny would have looked for her oh good point yes it was two hours Yes. Oh, I have so many notes left. So uh, we get a time skip and we see Jack being excited about his promotion. Time skip. That's it. That's the whole scene. Time skip. It's night. It's a dinner party. This time at uh, Harry Styles and Florence's house. Um, two couples, the pregnant white woman and her husband come, come over. The new wife and her husband come. Um, one of them asks if Bunny is coming and uh florence alice just says no and the other wife was like see i told you because of course they've heard about the rift between Al alice and bunny now um the men are asking if frank is really going to come because of course you would love for your cult leader to come to a dinner at your house and uh he was invited we find out that um it wasn't jack's doing that he shows up that he was invited but alice um we do have a scene where alice goes to the kitchen to finish plating the food and um and I and this is a, this is how you this is how I started to know like I I don't think I've watched a lot of movies I think this movie is just not that great because there were there started to be points where I'm like typing my notes and like this the perfect example here I wrote Alice is in the kitchen finishing up the food and Frank sneaks up period and I wrote that 
right before he snuck up on her and talked. I knew it was coming. I was like, he's about, he Frank's about to walk in behind her and like, they're going to have this really private conversation. He's going to tell her something that no one else is going to believe her about. And then that's exactly what happens. And I was like, I should not be able to predict your scenes. And that was like the fourth time I had predicted what was about to happen in the scene. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about this little conversation because this was another time where I was like, you needed, you needed Margaret to not be black. Because he does this whole, like, I'm the creepy bad guy and I think you're sexy because you're fighting me thing, right? That that they do where he's like, oh, I've been waiting for someone to challenge me. Yeah, I'm so impressed by you. But Margaret has been challenging you for, like, a while. Like, it's established. It's a well-known fact that everyone knows. <laughs> right. So she was your, she was your first. She was your your prima donna challengerina. But we can't have and... we can't have her because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to push me to my potential, and I I I, I was like, what about Margaret? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just gonna never mind. <laughs> and he says he's yeah, and he says the the key that we needed, which was. And we don't need the, I, I've been waiting for you. What we needed in that scene was for him to say, I'm sorry, Bunny didn't believe you, but you didn't, yeah. but you didn't believe Margaret either. So why would anybody believe you? That was the point of the scene. I, I labeled this the famous scene because it's the scene I've seen the most on TikTok from this whole movie. It's the dinner party scene, finally, where she asks the new wife, because I didn't write down anybody's names anymore. Uh, she asked new wife how they, how they met. And essentially what we discover, if you have never seen these, this TikTok, is that um, all of the couples have not just a similar story, but the same story. Um, the only thing that changes is the city. So you met your husband on a train to Chicago. You dropped your ticket. He picks it up for you. That's the same. But for some women, it's Chicago. For some women, it's a train in New York City. Um, she names the places that they, I bet you honeymooned in and she names three places. I bet I can tell you the last beach you went to and she names three places. And what we're getting is that all of them have been told the same story. And that's supposed to be her proof to the everyone at the table that Frank is doing something, that Frank is up to something. Um, she's like, we, we've been told what, what we remember and they are okay with that until we start to remember things that they want us to forget. And it's like, okay, that's supposed to be the first reveal, which is not a reveal because this whole time, you know that it's like some sort of weird programming, mind brainwashing, step for why sort of thing. So it's not, it's supposed to be a reveal. It's not really a reveal. Like all you're doing is saying the thing that everybody figured out at the beginning of the movie. So whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, but we do see the new wife and the pregnant wife are like visibly shaken by what she's saying to them um, as if they kind of a little bit believe her, but just a little bit, not enough to do anything. I hate this speech. I hate it. It's so, it's such a bad fucking QAnon shit <laughs> speech where they're like finding the patterns in Hunter Biden's laptop or whatever. Like this is <laughs> And it's real, man, because it's three cities, man. How could we all come from three cities? There's only 70 of us in this simulation. <laughs> now, what are the shocking odds that we would all work for one company and come from three major hubs? <laughs> oh, my God. 
oh, we're all white, rich people in the 50s, and we all vacationed at the same three segregated beaches. <laughs> oh, wow, shocker. I can't believe. She's like, shut the fuck up. I needed them to be like, because you needed to go one way or the other. It's another one where you're in the fucking middle. You, you could be like the same exact story, but we all have different cities. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Everyone has a different city. They just plug in a different city and give me the exact same story. Beautiful. Right. Because the the new wife is only shaken when Florence like finishes the story for her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I did meet him. He, I did drop my ticket and he picks it up. Okay. All right. How do you know that? But whatever. <laughs> right. I just... It wasn't effective enough. It wasn't effective. There was too much chance. There was too much random or too much. It, it was a bad, badly constructed story. I couldn't believe that anyone who was going to make this whole fucking elaborate thing would have not bothered AI generating a couple more stories to shove in there. Right. Like it just didn't, it didn't work for me uh, as a scene. And then Gemma Chan goes, basically gives her a scolding and breaks, breaks the hold. Right. Yes. Because she, She's like, you're pathetic and you you just want attention and it's so sad and you're trying oh, to right, ruin everything right. that we're building here. Because Frank does the right. mic drop by saying, is that why you went to headquarters? Everyone is shocked, including Jack. Um, and I was like, and I was like, I was like, I can't tell if the husbands are in on it. I still can't tell if the husbands are in on it or are they also victims? Like I, I thought they were in on it. And then here I was like, he's like, are they also, is he? I don't know. Um, and then of course, that's when Jimmy Chan reads her for filth basically <laughs> right right which i didn't i also didn't like spoiler if you only have two brown women with speaking lines yeah one of them is a neglectant suicidal crazy person who the cult leader would not fuck and the other is a a a, a woman a woman trader like i need you to not do this with your only two brown characters yeah yes so. regardless regardless you can't take two out of your three problematic characters and make them brown for aesthetic and then everyone else is white it's weird mm -hmm. it's weird i didn't like it uh and, and i wish that Gemma chan hadn't had that speech yeah. i just wish she hadn't i wish she had not had i just that wish speech. she hadn't been i understand the point i understand why his wife would do that but like i needed her just not to be white that's i mean i needed her to be white or, yeah, if she was white, it would have been perfect. Like, honestly, but this it, is one of those it, movies. There are some movies where, like, even though they're, like, it makes me angry that everybody is white, I would not have been mad about this. <laughs> like, no, this... it would have made sense because they're white where it counts. Yes. They're white seemed... when they're aesthetic. I think every scene where there's professional dancers, all the dancers are white. Uh, when there's models, when they're modeling clothes, all the models are oh, white. Oh, they are. Yeah, all the models were white. Uh, everything that's beautiful is white. And that's fine and that's fair. That's the Pleasantville aesthetic that we're going for yeah. here. But then don't put brown people in your movie. Just pull a fucking Tim Burton. If Tim Burton... Tim it Burton doesn't, doesn't work for my aesthetic. aesthetic. <laughs> and that's probably great because imagine how shitty he would be to them. Imagine how mean and fucked up and badly lit they would be in his movies. Yep. They would be, it, it's almost better for them that they go make their own gothic movies yes. and not, not be in Tim Burton's shit nope. because it's only going to, it's only going to flatter white people. That's what this mm -hmm. is. And so Olivia Wilde's movies only flatter <laughs> white people. And 
that's that's my issue with having Gemma Chan and this other extremely talented actress in these role, role, roles is that they're being used in an unflattering way to further a white woman's vision. Yep. Um, so everybody leaves the table now, uh, except for Frank and Alice. Again, they're alone so that he can terrorize her more. Um, he, he says that he was expecting more from her. Basically, he's disappointed that she showed her cards too soon at this dinner table. After he just told her, <laughs> I'm so glad, I'm looking forward to this challenge. And then she- Me too, Chris Pine. Me too. And he's, I am he's disappointed. disappointed. He's disappointed that she showed her cards too soon because now, now, no, now there's no chance that anyone's going to believe her. And that was the challenge that he was looking forward to, was her- attempting to convince others and for him to have to combat that that was the back and forth he was looking forward to and now she didn't fucked it all up so whatever all right <laughs> um of course her husband is embarrassed and angry uh she does everything she can to convince him that they need to leave the victory project that she believes in him he doesn't need this job let's go he agrees she's surprised i was also surprised and then i was like oh it's a setup and it is because she packs up some stuff that she gets in the car. He starts to apologize to her. Because uh, as they're in the car, the men in the red jumpsuits come and drag her out of the car. Um, I do. I. They got me. They got me. Because at the beginning, I thought the men were all in on it. And then there was this moment in time where I was like, maybe everyone is being controlled by, by Chris Pine. So the, here in this scene... When the he's apologizing and both uh, Jack and Alice break emotionally, like he seemed so genuinely upset and sad and distressed over like having to call the authorities on her, basically. Like, I believed him. I believed him. I shouldn't have. He tricked me. But I believed him in that moment that he was actually upset about what was happening. It's he got me. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll when we get to the cult breakdown, yes. then I feel like I will have a lot to say about this because they try to humanize Harry Styles, Jack, Jack Harry yeah, Styles. Jack. Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles, also Jack. They try to humanize him and make us see why Florence Pugh likes him. But sometimes good, smart women like shitbag men. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And what me. this whole movie ends up doing is it's white women apologizing for white men's poor behavior. And that is the whole movie. And so when every time that they try to show he's a sensible temper lover, he just wants to get her off or he loves her so much. He's cursing and crying in the car. It's supposed to be like, there's two sides to every issue, guys. And he's a good guy. And in, in another life, it you just, no, you just don't know the- him like I do. And yes, uh, it's, it's trash. It, it, it portrays, you can't villainize, a group symbolically and then show us why individually they're such good people. Right. Like you can't do no. that. You can't, it would, it's shit. And so I really hated that Narmi fuck crying and screaming in the car. He had shit. Me. He I got don't me. care about this guy. I'm going to admit he got him. me. He tricked me. I fell for it. 
And that's fair for you to think that because you would never think if he is meant to be what this movie is setting him up to be, then clearly we would not get this sympathetic focus. Right. Because everything that you show in a movie is designed to make your audience feel a certain Yes. Way. So you are designing this so that we feel affection and sympathy for your character. And it's just been done so much better in other movies where you have, you know, a nuanced character that, oh, and this is a good, this is a good way to, to drop a promo for the next episode. <laughs> but uh, there is a character in the movie Barbarian oh. that we will be reviewing <laughs> next time Ooh. that does a wonderful job of skirting reprehensible <laughs> and still someone that the audience is invested in. Yes. And this movie did not do that. <laughs> um, He had me. I believed it. And so now we see her receiving electroshock therapy because as we know this is a brainwashing separate wives she's been altered sort of situation um and i guess sticking true to the 50s because who the fuck uses electroshock we don't we don't do that today right that's gone yes no they do they do really? they do yeah but it, they don't do it the same way it's not the same way they it, it's helpful with like they found i mean everything traumatic you can do to a body is beneficial in some other traumatic way. oh dear lord that's just like like bloodletting, right? Like everything that you do works in certain situations. It's extremely rare and it's nowhere near as strong, but it's uh they can use electroshock therapy in some settings um for some brain injuries. Okay. Uh because it'll stimulate your brain. I think if you have like epilepsy or if you have like the thing where your brain parts are separated. Oh yeah. Okay. And it can it can help stimulate growth, but they don't do the like convulsion. Which crazy. is what she like, was it's getting. very yeah, yeah. The, the, the 1950s asylum scary shit. I am confused and upset by this because I don't understand what the real world equivalent is. So you have the sunken place is her programming kicking in. Right. Okay, fine. Her brain has been hijacked. There's some magic sci-fi waves in there, yeah. right? Yep. And now she is seeing what they want and she is believing this surface veneer of memories that are on top of her existing brain. I buy it. I buy it. You've established for it. I, I take this. Now in this context, what is the electroshock there? Yeah, I don't know. Are they zip zapping her brain? Are they trying to change her programming? What is the equivalent of what she's experiencing? Because what she is experiencing just gives her more memories. Yes. Because we're right, she's getting this electroshock therapy, which I, I assumed that this was how they got her this way in the first place, that they were going to take her back and redo the programming from the beginning to however they got her here in like into the simulation. So during this electroshock therapy, she starts remembering her life, their lives before the Victory Project. We see her and Jack in an apart in a tiny apartment you're supposed to and they're dancing that's where the dancing and comes they're, oh, in and they're is they dancing. Are dancing shit you're right and then later when they're fighting he's like baby just dance with that's me we right. dance all the time uh, so no harry styles is supposed to be able supposed to, to be able to dance. dance all right so okay <laughs> damn it you're right um but she's remembering them together they're, they live in like a tiny apartment. You know, it's supposed to be like Chicago, New York's major city or whatever. Um, he's got facial, like he's got this like consistent five o'clock shadow. You can tell he, I immediately was like, oh, he's, 
he he mentions like, oh, I'll get a I'll get another job, and she's like, I'll pick up more shifts. Like they're clearly worried about money, and we find out that fucking Florence Pugh before the Victory Project was a doctor, and I was like, bitch, <laughs> you mean you were like a highly intelligent, very well educated, successful being, and now you are here, and then I was pissed. <laughs> because I was already mad. I separate whole separate wife thing as a woman already makes me angry. But to know that she was a doctor, I was like a surgeon. She was a surgeon. Oh, I was hot. And I was like, oh, fuck this man. <laughs> I don't care how she got here now. Fuck Harry Styles. What a surgeon. She has another memory of her coming home from a surgery. He is upset that she's that she was late, but like she's a doctor, dude. Plus, we've already established that she's picking up extra shifts because your ass doesn't have a job. So he's pissed that she was late coming home from work and he has he complains that he hasn't eaten and she's like, "Why not?" And I guess and, and he makes it seem like he didn't eat because he was waiting for her. No, you didn't eat cuz you wanted the fucking woman to cook even though she's also the one working cuz your ass doesn't have a job. <laughs> Sorry, my rage. I'm Mm-mm. let me tone that down. And then this is where we see him listening to Frank's incel podcast. His I, I wrote right yes. he, I write right here. Um, it's giving uh cis hetero white man has a podcast right now. Thanks. So the least believable part of this entire movie is that all of these men have wives to brainwash in the first place. Yes, yes. Or if you have one, you have one that buys into the bullshit, who's willing to do that transaction sex or money thing. Yes. So you wouldn't need to brainwash them. They already are down with the 1950s aesthetic. And, you know, unless they're being literally sex trafficked, allegedly, then, uh, you know, they're down for the count. So what, you know, who am I to judge? I guess if that's your life goal, you do you. But so where are, it's just this, it's, it's the wrong target. It's the wrong target. Uh, we're supposed to believe that all of these men have access to women to brainwash them in the first place. Yes. Without literally like breaking into their house and just kidnapping a random hot Yes, house. especially because when we have that sort of montage of them, like of him being accepted into the program and they say things like, they mention his name and the wife's name, Alice's name. And then they say like, do they have a prior relationship? And the person says, yes, it, it implies that like they want it to be, they want the man to have an already established relationship with the woman that they bring in. It's like they, it's kind of like they don't want to, even though these women are being held against their will in this situation, it's like almost like they at least forgive themselves by saying, well, at least they were already married. At least it was already his wife. It's Andrew Tate apology hour. Like this is this is the apology of well, was it really sex trafficking if they willingly well, ever d- spoke well, to this it's person? It's not like he it's not like he kidnapped a woman off the street. I mean, it was his wife. Like that yes. makes it okay because they're already and but that's and that's the lens it's shot with though. It's we're not going, oh wow, this is a terrible thing. Uh, you know, this is this is as bad or worse than than, you know, stranger trafficking. It's shot in a way to make it better. Yes. It's better because he gets her off. It's better because he seems she is overworked and she is stressed and she doesn't have enough money. And it, it and it is 
uh, it's good for her because she does love him. And so really, is it that bad? Is it that bad? Yes, it is. Why are you shooting it like this, Olivia Wilde? Why does it look like this? What is wrong with you? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so hold on. Where am I for this? Uh, um, I can't believe there's another half hour to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I still have so many notes. There's so much left. Uh, I, I felt like it was a critique of Andrew Tate by dudes who like Elon Musk. Hmm. Okay. Where they're like, this is slightly reprehensible because he didn't kidnap any of his wives, but it's fine that he lets people burn to death in Teslas. Like that, (laughs) it's just this allegedly. I'm saying allegedly. 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 Like where we have these like objectively horrible people on very similar, just slightly different color-coded scales. And we're trying to say that one is way better than the other here. One is (laughs) way better than the other. The only person who should have had a willing wife should have been the cult leader. If we were going to have any of them have a a willing wife, it should have been Gemma Chan as the bottom bitch. Yes, right. which that makes sense, yes. Um, I just realized I kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Anyway... Anyway, it's fine. Just a little bit. Just a tiny, just a tiny bit. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're basically there. Um, okay. So we get a new day. Uh, Alice is fixed. She comes back. Jack has a new car. Olivia Wilde is excited to see her. Like, oh, welcome back. The, the, you can tell Olivia Wilde's bunny's kids have made a welcome back Mrs. Alice banner for the house. Like everyone knows she went away to treatment and she's returned and they're all excited and happy. Um, and we can tell that she's changed. She's back drinking the Kool-Aid right she's back in the simulation um <laughs> let me tell you how mad i am that i put no you don't get to make me sit through two hours of this fucking movie and then reuse shots from day one you can give oh, me the same hair yes you can give me the same clothes <laughs> but you give me a different fucking camera angle. yeah no but that camera angle on that stake in the window they reuse all of it the all same of it. shot the, the- the the men the men driving off out of the out of the yes. driving away it was the same the stake, shot the, that's it, so it was the opening scene it was the it was the opening how scene over again how fucking dare you yeah I was how like fucking, oh because you should how hard would it have been for you to shoot it from two different angles at the same time at the same but I bet that's you have the footage. they probably did and they just it's like can't you just use clips that you didn't use before like a, how many clips are on the editing room floor so to speak that you could right. just Show me the steak from a different angle. I'm just, I'm so mad <laughs> that this movie is as bloated. If you hard cut this movie <laughs> and cut out, and you cut out all, like, the bullshit, <laughs> sympathy, apology shit, this movie probably would have been a lot better. I don't know that it would have ever been good, yeah. but it would have been better. Uh, cut out Harry Styles' weird jerky dancing. Like, just cut cut yeah. out all the shit that I just, that really just threw me for a loop. Um, it would probably be a decent hour and a half movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe hour, hour to 15 minute movie <laughs> but ha- you bloated it out to be two full hours and then you reuse shots I, <laughs> I hate you. can't stand you uh, we see alice and bunny catching up on all the gossip that alice missed while she was gone uh, she's having trouble remembering because alice uh bunny tells a story about the pregnant woman and alice is like who and bunny goes you know so and so the one who's always pregnant and alice is like oh yeah yeah but he's like it's okay It'll come back to you because like in reprogramming her, she's forgotten things that she is supposed to remember even for herself. Um, 
And then we get the scenes all over again. Same outfits, same vacuuming scene. It's the same dress. She's washing the windows again. Um, this is when I was like, what do the men actually do? Do they just hang out? And where is the money coming from? <laughs> he he does mention the money later, but I have a problem with that. We'll get to that though. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have a little time skip. Jack, We see her running up to Jack greeting him at the door again. Um, This one's different than the first one because she's wearing a different dress. And this is the first time we can see that it's a different house, that their house has been remodeled because her kitchen cabinets and the island and all of that is different. And I was like, oh, they even changed the house because they don't need, they need her not to remember any of these old memories, Mm -hmm. right? So the house has been remodeled on the inside. And here's where Jack makes the fatal mistake. He puts on a record and the record he plays is the song that she had been humming in the earlier scenes. And this time it sparks a memory right then and there. Uh, And this is where we see him joining the Victory Project, the flashback. We find out that he chose to be British in the simulation (laughs) Um, and that it's all fake. And this time we see her today in the real world to find out that Alice, her body is basically tied down to the bed of their apartment. She's got some sci-fi looking things over her eyes and she is, this is completely a simulation. So her body is in their apartment uh, and she lives in this simulation full time in her brain. Yes. Then why is she losing time? No, because when I'm, this is slightly skipping ahead. But when they get into a fight in two seconds about this, yeah. one of the things he screams at her is that she gets to live here full time and never has to log out. So she is experiencing this in real time yeah. all the time. So every time that she did a cut from like Harry Styles leaving the house to Harry Styles coming back and you're like, oh, it's because she doesn't exist unless she unless he's there. No, that's explicitly contradicted. She exists. She's supposed to have oh, you're this right, wonderful right. idea. And, it, life. and initially, before we see the truth, I was like, maybe it's that they are, they like do something to make the wives unconscious. And so she's her, she's only conscious when he's home and she is unconscious or like sleeping basically when he's not home. But that's not the case. But he says it if he didn't right. explicitly she say, lives in the simulation you, full time. Part, part of the appeal for this was that the women get to live this perfect life all the time. And if you're being, if you are stretching to the moon, then you can say maybe that's Gemma Chan's motivation is to create this idyllic, blissful life for women. If you want to really, because right. she has, she has no fucking motivation otherwise. So if you want to give her something, for being the way that she but is. But does Olivia, you can give her that. So does Olivia Wilde have time skips? I mean, I did, I did, I'm just thinking about that now. Like Olivia Wilde is here on purpose. Does yeah. she lose time? So would she have the time? So losing time makes no sense except for the first time that she went to the headquarters. Right, right. Because it's- There, there should have been absolutely no time skip at any other point because she lives there full time. Which then that means maybe it's just bad editing. <laughs> but i feel like i feel like the way they edited it made it a better movie yeah oh i agree they probably needed to cut that one line if they cut that one line right 
Because that line explains away the time skips. The time skips It work. explains away things. It's over explaining things that I was willing to buy in your narrative. Yeah. And if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the movie, you know, as someone who watches movie, you can tell the difference between, oh, a scene is ending and another scene is starting. And of course there's a time skip because that's how scenes happen. These cuts are deliberate. They're, they're abrupt. They are sharp. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with Snoopy. And so then, okay, so he, so he claims, okay, so this I was like, and I'm angry. I'm writing, she was a doctor and all like all caps because I'm angry. Uh, I was like, because where, where does the money come from, right? He, we know before the project, he had lost his job. She was working extra shifts. And that one scene where he's angry, she's like, I just worked a 30 hour shift and I have to be back at work in six hours because she's working for both of them to pay for wherever they're living. And you imagine like, if they're living in like New York city or something, it's, it's absurdly expensive to live in some cities. So like- Even even for a doctor. So I was like, all right, I'll buy it. Yes. I'll buy it. So how is it that, now she's full-time in a bed living in the simulation what job does he have that pays him enough i was like is the project paying them to because he complains right he says i hate he i hate having he hates having to work to make enough money so that she can stay there and i'm like so what what do you do uh i put their mining bitcoin huh hmm. <laughs> just but that's probably just because they give off such crypto bro vibes because they make it a point of us hearing that he is responsible for purchasing and keep upkeeping the equipment used to keep her in to get them in the simulation and he's responsible for taking care of her physical body like he has to be the one to make sure she to like she had we see her with like an iv in and i'm assuming it's kind of like a feeding tube situation he's responsible for buying all of that equipment making sure changing the feeding tube making sure she's hydrated doing all the so like Where's the money? Where, Where's the money coming where from? Where is the money because coming if the from? Money, because if this is a cult, then the money should be coming in and going to the cult leader. That's what the purpose is. So if we're trying to say that, well, this is a guy who is so against, hates women so much that he is willing to spend his Elon Musk billions to create an entire cyber world land for dudes to put their wives or whatever. Okay. Then I needed one line about how he, you know, oh, wow, yeah, Leader Jack is so amazing. Can you, or uh, Chris Pine, I forgot his yeah, name. Frank. It's Frank. <laughs> Frank. Leader Frank is so amazing. He made all that money on fucking uh, Doge coin or whatever, whatever. And, and Doge, and, and now he's going to put it into this project. And I'd be like, oh, he's just a rich asshole. But no, what you're giving me is that this is like this Ponzi scheme cult thing where they're paying crazy amounts of money yes. just to participate but this guy didn't have money to begin right. with so if, i mean if he was like i got it from your savings or i got it from your, your life insurance or i you know just fucking anything, anything anything you you can't give me a backstory of poverty and then expect me to believe you have money for this kind of lifestyle it's just it's this it's not a horror movie at all it's a bad movie though Fuck. it's not a horror it's Hillary movie Swain. it's kind of well no this is but uh, oh. it's reminding me of a movie. Hillary Swank was in this movie where her husband dies. Um, it's pretty bad. I don't know if I've seen it. Hold on, <laughs> I'm I'm googling it. It's like not a romance. P.S. I love you. P.S. I love you. Oh. That's it. 
So it's Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank. Two seconds. If you have not seen this movie, don't bother. It's not very good. And it's, it's pretty boring. But the, the thing that's so baffling about watching this movie is that it's about a woman whose life kind of falls apart after her husband dies and how she kind of gets, you know, comes to terms with it. Uh, and they make mention about five times during the movie that like, it really sucks to have grief because you have to work. Like you people have to live. Yeah. You have to go to a job, you have to pay rent, you have to do stuff. But this bitch does not work for the entire movie. So she says that and she continues to say that and have people say it to her, but she doesn't work. She runs off on a mystery vacation to Europe. She comes back and quits her job and goes to shoe design beauty school. And the whole time, like she spends, Two weeks, I think they make a Miss Havisham reference. Like, oh, you can't just be Miss Havisham and walk around with one shoe and be sad all the time. And then it cuts to her like four weeks after not doing any work and just drinking on the couch all day. <laughs> and there, you never see, you never see like a, a, a bill collector. You don't see her like lights flicker. You don't see her phone go off, like nothing. Mm. There's no repercussions for her not working despite the script saying, hey, you can't not work. And that's the same thing that happened in this script, where if the whole point is that he doesn't feel like a man because he can't provide for her, she has to be the breadwinner, then you can't precipitate, then he fixes it by becoming the breadwinner. Right. Because that completely negates your premise. And it's rich people writing poor people. Olivia Wilde is rich. You are a rich woman. You can't write poor people if you're a rich woman. We can't assume that whatever he's doing is really successful because he actually like, um, when we see him in real life, we see her like tied to the bed. He still has that, I'm wearing dirty clothes. I haven't shaved in weeks look that he had back when he was home all day long. So whatever he's doing, he's not, putting on a suit and going to an office every day. Like he's not working in corporate America as a, he's not, you know, a banker or anything successful. No, he's probably, you know, he's doing something where clearly his appearance doesn't matter. Yes. That's all we know. But we've already established he doesn't have the skill set to be doing the kinds of jobs where you don't have to be forward facing that make a lot of money. Right. And you have to, you have to be a certain level of talent. And this guy is established as a loser whose only talent is loving Florence Pugh too much I guess I guess so it, it it you the it the whole script falls apart as soon as he makes that reference that he has to work all day to pay for a lifestyle he couldn't pay for when he had a person sharing the bills. yes and he's angry about it and I'm like but you you chose this like she's supposed to be grateful and of course that that's her argument too she they're having this argument and she's like, but it was my life. And he's like, oh, you were miserable. You were working too much. She said, I liked working. I liked working. And it, the point is it was her life. So sure, first of all, she was miserable because your ass wasn't working. She had to work more because you weren't working. If you had simply gotten a job and been able to provide half the bills, she could have worked less. So you didn't fix anything. Instead, you went super the wrong way and now she's literally a prisoner in her own home like what the fuck anyway what the fuck what the fuck oh, <laughs> oh okay so food food so they specifically talk about food in the scene right yeah where he's didn't make dinner even though he obviously could because she's like why didn't you just eat so you can assume that this guy can boil water so if okay. you flash back and remember right after she exited the simulation the first time she wakes up and he's making dinner pretending nothing's wrong yeah he 
one of the things that she says he's specifically doing wrong is that he's mashing the potatoes without boiling them. So he's mashing <laughs> completely raw potatoes with like a with like a cut glass bottle of bourbon, just yes. smashing it. Yeah. And so, I mean, you you get the feeling at the time that he's gaslighting her, right? Like that he's like, oh, oh yeah. learned helplessness. Oh, look how tragic life is without you. But then fast forwarding to modern times and being like, this bitch could absolutely cook. <laughs> Not like he could absolutely have made made some fucking food. So he was like, the best way to gaslight her is not to make her some nice food and get her to genuinely love me and be content where we are. It's to feel like guilt her out of leaving. So I thought that was interesting because if you, if you, if, you know, doctors make a lot of money and I know in the city, you know, it's very difficult for one salary, even if you have a good job sometimes to live. So it would have still probably been a struggle, but the way she talks about it is like, I can support both of us. Yeah. Like, it'll be rough, but I can do this. And it, you know, for maybe not forever, but for a while, right. like, you know, she wasn't, she, she wasn't upset with him for losing his job. She wasn't angry at all. Dude, you could have sat at home watching your cult videos as long as like all day, if you wanted to, and then just made her like, if she, Florence Pugh had come in and the hot water had been working and he had been like, Oh, I, I, I made some, you know, food and it's, there's a plate for you in the microwave. She would have been like, Exactly. Baby, you're worth 30 oh. hours shifts. You're right. Exactly. But instead, he's like, hey, you're home. Let's bone. Dance with me as foreplay. And she's like, she's like I'm, I just work I'm gonna go to bed. 30 hours. And there's no hot water, so I can't even shower. I can't even enjoy a shower because their hot water's broken. And you are useless to me, is essentially how that went down. Because he was. He was useless in that moment. Jack, bear hugs her. Yes, that's exactly what I put is that he bear hugs her to he death bear so he's on his knees yes and she's no, she, no she's no, like begging no. she's like begging him to let her go she's trying to leave the house he won't let her run out of the house which why not just let her run out of the house anyway so he's bear hugging her she starts to say that she can't breathe it's supposed to i guess we're supposed to think that he's strong enough to squeeze her so that she actually's and of course she's having a but he's squeezing her in the wrong spot. yes and she's also having a panic attack so it's not a good time anyway she freaks out and grabs something rocks glass yes and hits him in the head and he dies it's just i don't understand what he's doing i don't understand what he's doing because he gets on his knees but it doesn't look like that it because he like pulls at her skirt and i was like okay i mean i I don't you know if if that was the the choice then that's the choice but then he hugs her and he's hugging her like a child around the waist and and that's also fine maybe he's regressing that's fine. But it's then when she starts complaining and she's like, I can't breathe. And she, you, you see her and it's Florence Pugh. So you're like, oh, she's panicking. She's freaking out. And that's fair. Yeah. But then they show, they close up on him. And this is where I have the issue is that they close up on him hugging her. And from where he's hugging her and his face, he's like shaking from the exertion. He's trying to crush her, but he's trying to crush her right above her pelvis yeah and it wouldn't feel good that would suck that would hurt a lot it would it would hurt a lot but she is very thin she's a very thin woman and all of her internal organs are already uh right flush up against her pelvis (laughs) you know what i mean because because she's thin so she doesn't have like a protrusion of of a protuberance of flesh right so his arm is only digging in so far 
And I'm sure it would hurt, but they treat it. They shoot it like she is in mortal danger. Right. Because it her the only thing really keeping her there is the fact that she's having a panic attack. And, you know, when you're having a panic attack, you're not thinking logically. Hence the panic attack. <laughs> right? right? Like your anxiety spikes. Anxiety is not logical. So I, from her perspective, I understood it. She's freaking out because he's basically admitted to her that she is a prisoner um, she, she even asked him, where is my body? And he doesn't answer the question. Like she's fully aware of what's happening. So she is freaking out as you would in this situation. So I get why she doesn't push him off and run away. But the whole thing, I'm like, he's not. But then what is he doing? You know what it reminds me of in Midsummer. We're just going to continue to come back to Midsummer. It's good, I'm sorry. It's so good. It's you should good just, watch just watch Midsummer, Midsummer instead. Just just, it's so good. Uh, when she's having the panic attack after catching Christian with the, the girl. Yes. And she keeps trying to escape. And the yes. girl, the other women keep chasing her. They don't hurt her in any way. No. But they don't let her they don't let her go away to calm down. Right. And then they, they keep touching her. And they don't hurt her, but they like touch her arms. Yes. Or they like put their hands on her shoulder. Yeah. Or they like they like kneel right before her legs so it's hard for her to get out of the way. Like he should have been doing that and then she could still snap and, and hit him in the head and oh, kill right, him. that's right. fine i've, that's I've fine, been yeah. absolutely fine with that i mean she's she's freaking out she's gonna do something that's like, right to escape right yeah but i guess they wanted to establish he was a bad guy after establishing what a wonderful guy he was so they needed him to bear hug for death eh, it's just not original it's not it's just not it's not a logical step for him to do and it's a very ineffective way of restraining slash killing someone right. it's just not it didn't it didn't check any of my boxes. she was already having the panic attack it wouldn't have taken a lot for him to just a, like bully her into staying in the house. Like she's already freaking out and not being able to, she can't, she's already not thinking logically. She's feeling out of control. Like he could have just used her it mental did, state. Olivia Wilde, did you think we wouldn't like her anymore if she hit Harry Styles in the head with a rocks glass? Because I would have liked it way more if she just did it out of nowhere. She was just like, oh, that's the truth. Bam. I mean, right. Like we are, we just found oh, out, yeah. we just found out that she is an unwilling prisoner in her own home, chained to a bed. And she doesn't even know if her body is safe. Uh, that to me is a justified reason to murder to murder. So Bunny comes in the house because the door is wide open and I mean, they're next door. You can imagine she would have heard screaming and a, a, a ruckus. So she comes over, she sees uh, Harry Styles on the ground um, and he's dead and she starts to freak out, but it becomes kind of apparent that her freak out is not, oh my God, he's dead. It's more, oh my God, you, we need to help you now, Alice. And she starts trying to tell Alice to leave. She's like, you have to go. Um, they're going to kill you. And Alice is like trying to explain to her that they're in a simulation. And this is when Bunny says, I know, I know. Uh, and Alice is, of course, is confused. And we find out that Bunny chooses to be here. This is when she says, um, I, well, okay, so previously, um, when finding out that all of the wives were prisoners here, essentially, uh, Alice, Florence, asks about the children. And he, Jack's like, no, 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 no. None of the children are real. The children are not real. So, like, yeah, it's upsetting that these women are prisoners, but there are no pr imprisoned children. So that's something. That is another of Andrew Tate apologist That's shit something. where it's like, right. oh, well, they only attack adult women. Yes. So it's not, I mean, it's not like they're bad to children. Right. So all, I mean, that would be a bridge too far. All of the children are simply part of the assimilation. They do not exist in real life. Uh, so Alice says something to Bunny about her children. Bunny's like, my children are here. And she mentions that in the real world, her children are gone. So she gets to have them 
here in the simulation. So she chooses to be here where her children are still alive. Um, and despite ignoring them and treating them like, besi shit the right. Besides time. being, and, and I'm not, I'm not judging a mom. Like her children are clearly healthy and kind of happy, but if I'm going to be in a simulation because of my children, because I want my children, I'm going to be Wanda in WandaVision over my kids. Okay. I did not need her in the scene at all because there's nothing that she tells us that we don't get from before or the next scene. That's she true because outside. Alice wouldn't have stayed anyway. Like you don't have someone doesn't have to tell her to run. She's gonna run. She's trying to get out of here. Like she wants to escape. Right. She goes outside and she's like, for some reason, still in a daze. Which for Florence Pugh's character's behavior up until this point, I I the daze was. I mean, it was set up to get the scene we got. But her care, her behavior up until this point, she wouldn't have just stood out there and been told to run. She would have been running. She would have her care. She'd shown such like strength and resolve up until this point. Why is she suddenly? Because she had the whole conversation with Bunny to get herself together. If she had gotten up because she was pinned under uh, under Jack's body, she got up, gets up. She this is the first time she's killed somebody. She's covered in blood. Yeah. I buy that she's dazed. I buy it. So when Bunny comes in, is like, you got to get the fuck out of here. I know it's a simulation. This is my whole tragic backstory. Let's have a whole conversation about this for like five minutes, even though everybody knows that he's dead because he's been disconnected from the simulator. So everything's very obvious mm -hmm. that if we're going to have this conversation, then what needs to happen is the minute she goes outside, bam, right. it's on. She goes to the car. Right. But because they wanted, this is this thing, LOL, I guess they had to wait for the script to tell them to grab her because she goes outside. Everyone knows that Jack is dead. Right, because it's a simulation. They know he's been disconnected. They know it, but they also announce it. Someone's, like, there is an announcement. Oh, right. That she's, that he's dead. Like, oh, Jack has been disconnected or something. And I don't remember where it comes from. It's just played. Yeah. So that everyone hears it. And so, and so it might be like intercom or through the radio. So everyone knows that he's dead. And she is staggering out, covered in blood. Right. It is obvious until she gets in the car because that's when the script told him to, to go for her. So what happens is you have this long swath of her standing. Well, because we needed we we needed to see the building start to explode for no reason. Yes, because because every time a wife understood, her light bulb blew up. And so we see a wife look at Florence Pugh's white woman eyes and understand as white women do with their white women intuition that they're in a simulation. This moment when she comes out covered in blood having murdered her husband, this is the moment when the other wives start to remember they're in a simulation. Not the, not the moment at the table when Florence Pugh spelled out for them what was happening. No, this moment where no one explains what's going on, suddenly they realize, oh shit. Because I didn't know what the fuck was happening until like the last one is finally shot in a way where you can see what blows up. And it's just like their lamppost. Like oh, in front of their up. house? Oh, I house. thought it was yeah. like the chimney off the roof or something. Mm -mm. Oh, that's no, it's just the lamppost. Worse. It's extra stupid. Yeah, so they needed to have, because the script called for, Florence walks out of the house dazed and covered in blood. The men hang back, frightened of her because I said so. And right, because she's not armed. They, could, they could get it. She's not armed. <laughs> all the women look at her and through their magical white women's intuition, understand what she has gone through. And each of their lampposts explodes with the knowledge of their real lives. And then when a bunny tells her for the 15th time to leave, she gets in the car 
And then the minute her ass touches that upholstery, <laughs> the men run for her. And they couldn't, they could not, there was no reason for them to not go to her. If they had not just stood there, if they had come out, looked at her and run into the house to look at Jack. Yes. I would have accepted it because then they would have been like, oh my God, but he's one of the bros. The bros can't die. That's my bro. That's fine. I would have given them that. But they literally stand in the street in a little circle watching her because that's what the scripts told them to yeah. do. Yeah. So she hops in the car and the red, the red jumpsuit men are finally close enough that they are, can almost get her. Uh, so they hop into car, other people's cars because, you know, whatever, it's all fake. Also flinging men on the ground. Why were they, where, who were these men in these cars that were getting thrown into the street? <laughs> Do they have wives? Where are their wives? What is their reward here? Um, so she is in this car and she's driving through the desert and she's heading. This car crash! She's heading towards the mountain. We've already seen her go to this mountain with this dome, with the headquarters, with the plane crash. We've also seen this mountain two, uh, well, one other time because it was the same scene twice where it's like the opening scene when all the men like leave for work and we see all their cars racing to this mountain and we hear Chris Pine's voiceover talking about um, like exiting the Victory Project or something like that, right? Um, and we know that the men once a day have to exit the simulation through that headquarters. That's that's how they exit to get out to back into the real world. So she's driving, racing there, and there are two cars keeping up with her from behind. She's racing. They're trying to keep up. They're getting there. They're doing that thing where they like swipe her side, swipe her car, and bumper, and it's like kind of harrowing, whatever. The doctor somehow is driving full speed from the mountain. So the opposite, I'm doing hand gestures like they can see me, from the opposite direction. Why he was at the mountain, I don't know, it doesn't matter. He's driving full speed and he's like on the, somehow they all have like some sort of communication system where they can communicate with each other in the cars and uh, Chris Pine is listening at his home to what's going down. And he's like, you gotta stop her, you gotta stop her. Florence Pugh, cause we know she's intelligent because she was a doctor. She sees this man driving straight for her. She is now pinned between two other cars. I don't know why her and this other guy, the doctor, were playing chicken. I don't know what his plan was. I don't know what the fuck was going on with this car chase. But what? Because, okay, visual, visualize this with me. Left car, right car. Florence Pugh in the middle. Yes. Another car driving straight through. Let's follow this through to our logical Full conclusion. Speed towards them. Let's pretend that Florence Pugh does nothing. Momentum carries yeah. them. Florence Pugh's car hits the doctor's car head on, and both of them die in a fiery blast. Yep. Possibly the other two cars die as well from the from the fire. Yes. Maybe they get away. I don't know. What, why? But that is. What, was that the end goal? No. Was the end goal to suicide? It can't possibly murder? be. I can't imagine this white man who's trapping his own wife in a simulation wanting to suicide himself just to stop this girl. I can't imagine that that was the goal. Especially because one of the things that Bunny says is you have to get out of here because they're going to kill you in the real world. They're going to come to your house and murder you. So would it really matter if she got out? Because wouldn't they be sending assassins... Okay, so here's what happens, right? Left car, right car, Florence in the middle, Dr. Cummings head at full speed, head on. Florence smashes both feet on the brakes. Somehow, the two cars on the side- Why did neither of these guys 
turn, turn the wheel. wheel. So the two cars next to her They're- now, next to her, continue to go. Okay, fine. The doctor, who is like dead in front of her car, somehow all three of these cars converge and, and explode. <laughs> there is no barrier. They are literally in the desert. At any point, any it of could them all swerve. could have turned Everyone the wheel. The doctor, seeing her put on the brakes, could also remember that he had And the two outer cars could just swerve out in the opposite. They could have swerved. Anyway. The amount of coordination (laughs) that it took. Because she doesn't... She slams on the brakes a good couple hundred yards. Yeah, they continue to all drive past her before they explode. Yeah, they... It wasn't... They had time. There there was no reason for that to be that way. It was a very shittily scripted shot straight for the script... I blame the stunt drivers because you <laughs> saw this and you were like, "Oh, you just want me to keep driving. You just want me to keep driving." Just want us to, like, I just do I. I don't just, swerve. I don't. Even, I don't break or nothing. I just full speed. Keep on going. Okay. All right. I'm just checking. Okay. I'm just. I'm just checking. I mean, it's your. It's your movie. It's your movie. I'm just. I'm just checking. <laughs> so they three of these cars converge, meaning they had to turn in towards each other. I'm thinking too much. Anyway. <laughs> fireball giant fireball cars flip over the doctor whose name i learned now is collins is dead someone te- so frank chilling at his house on the porch stressed out angry that this happened gets the call his the phone rings even though he heard it on the radio anyway phone rings he's told on the phone collins is dead um and that if she gets out there won't be anyone there to put her back in I'm sure that they tell their cult leader where they live in case of emergencies yeah, anyway. But like, it's, yeah, it seems, it's weird that he says that no one's there to put her back in. Because who if cares? If you're to just going to kill her. Right. Who cares? Right. You're just going to get there and kill her. So the, the line needed to be, you know, that Dr. Collins is dead. The team won't get there in time. Right. Something like right. that. The team is, the team, the team is 20 minutes out. And so he's, right. He's upset that she, that she'll have time to leave. Yes. So, uh, this is, and I have a tiny question here, but Mm-mm. so mm, Chris Pine on the phone. Here's Collins is dead. He's upset. He hangs up, turns around. Jimmy Chan stabs him. And she says to right. him, it's my turn now. And I was like, your turn to run the cult. The cult of men who are not going to listen to an Asian the- woman. Are you, did you know about the simulation and now you're going to murder him and exit the simulation and live your life for real? Is it your turn? Is it your turn to live a life in real life? What's it your turn to do? It, it seems Jim like Chan? she's talking about the simulation because if you take it is, she doesn't seem surprised. No, so she I, doesn't. You, I, I'm, I'm reading it that she knows about the simulation. I, I think so too. I agree. I she wants to keep the women in the simulation is what I'm getting at. She, she clearly wants to keep the women in the simulation. Right. I don't buy that she wants to leave because if she knew about this, literally all she had to do was sneak up there and slap her hand on the thing That's and true. get the fuck out. Yeah. So there's no reason for her to not know if she knows about the simulation, there's no reason for her to just not leave. She's clearly not afraid of her husband. So why, why is she taking over this cult now of men who hate women? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So now we watch now that Florence Pugh's gotten away from these dudes, this car crash. She there now there's like 20 cars coming in the distance. Where were they before? I don't know. They're coming. She's driving faster, gets to the hill. It's a spiral road to get up to the top. 
Her car breaks down. Why? No reason. It just does. Uh, she uh, freaks out because like, no, I still have all this hill to get up. She smartly parks her car sideways across the road. I was like, well, good for you. I mean, you're a surgeon. You have, you're intelligent. Good for you. And so now she's on foot running up the hill. I was too concerned about that. In fact, she was barefoot because I hate being barefoot in life. Anyway, uh, so she's running barefoot uh, up this in the desert, in the desert, the side of a mountain, this rocky rocks everywhere. I was hurt for her feet. Anyway, up this, she's running full speed, freaking out because these cars are coming. We see the cars get up to the point where her car is blocking the road. Um, and then as she's running, she hears some noise and she looks over the side. The red suited men are just climbing the side of the mountain. They're not, they said, I, they said, fuck this road. <laughs> We're going to climb. So fucking stupid because <laughs> her car is just parked slightly to the, they could literally push it off the, off the it's side. It's like hanging off this tiny road that a trolley could not make it up for. <laughs> yeah, you just push it. <laughs> She has to stand there long enough for some red suits to get close enough to touch her for the dramatic effect as she touches the glass. And once she touches the glass, it fades to black. And we hear her gasp. And we're supposed to assume that that is her waking up in the real world. And then uh, credits, the movie's over. You cut my favorite part. Oh, did I? I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, it's when she, after she waits for her cue for the script to tell her when to touch the window. Yeah, because she had to wait. Uh, it cuts to a white woman dancing. It's her dancing. That's right. With rhythmless abandon yeah. in an expensive city apartment, yep. which is truly Olivia Wilde's definition of freedom. It's just... Dancing in your... Por- in your- what? Doing doing the hand thing that Harry Styles was doing. Is this a new white people TikTok dance? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Think who is anyone in their life who wasn't making fun of flash dance Anyone? <laughs> at any point? No, I don't think so. So I yeah, it cut to her dancing because that's what women do with their when freedoms. The freedom to dance, dance and like no one's watching and then the gasp and it's over and I I, I felt very girl boss. So my my final my final questions. Number one, the that earthquake at the beginning. We get two of those. What was it? What are they? What, what was that? Vibrate anyway. Okay. Uh, question number two. I'm assuming none of these couples had children in real life, because I can't imagine these incel men chaining their wives to the bed and having to feed and clothe a child right so we're just going to assume hope that none of them had actual children in real life right i'm gonna because dear god okay uh number three that means that the woman who was always pregnant quote unquote was probably literally always pregnant (laughs) like is she living her simulated life just eternally pregnant <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's that is that is it. So that was that was. Don't worry, darling. And I'm gonna be. Right? I'm gonna be honest with you all. I know we just shit on this movie for probably like two hours, but um, my yeah. expectation <laughs> my expectations going into all movies and books at this point is zero. So I actually really mm-hmm. enjoyed it because I had literally no expectations, and so you can't all you can only 
You can only go up. You can only go up from where I started. Well, that was our first episode for season five. So thanks for joining us. Uh, It's been, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Life happened. (laughs) Yeah. But we are, we are on season five and going strong. So a little bit of news here before we close out the podcast. Um, along with our season debut, we have uh, two new things coming yeah. up. Uh, so first, oh, do you want to talk about? Oh, the, the the what? <laughs> oh, the YouTube channel? Yes. Yeah, we're starting a, I, I am, we are together starting a YouTube, we are. Starting a YouTube channel. <laughs> um, that's the goal is to like get that going in the next well, a few, a few weeks from the time that we are making this recording, which, you know, whatever. Um, so look for that, please. Yes, by the time that you hear this <laughs> recording, you should be able to visit our Keeping It Creepy yeah. YouTube page. And all I'm going to tell you we will is put... that, uh, give me a minute, we're trying our best, but. <laughs> yes, so we will follow the link, follow the link in our description. Yes. And you will check us out. And we also have our link up for our Patreon Uh we have just the one tier. Our Patreon will give you a little bit extra behind the scenes. Uh, we have an extra episode a month mm-hmm. that we are releasing just exclusive for our Patreons. Uh, and we also have a poll where you can vote on upcoming episode topics. And uh, we will have our uh, AMA ask us anything. Yeah, I'm- and we will pick a question from the from the pot uh, once a month. And uh answer that in a little video for patreon and we are well. both kind so, of open books anyway so <laughs> who knows yeah. what sort of answers you'll get <laughs> it's true but yeah if you if you like what you hear and you want to you want to support um check us out on youtube check us out on uh tiktok uh subscribe to the podcast or maybe you become a patron yes so please many ways many ways to support absolutely uh, but we really we really appreciate everybody who's been listening whether this is your first time popping in or if you've been here from episode one and uh we hope to have a lot more episodes with you in the future yeah thanks for letting us ramble about movies <laughs> yes. and uh thanks for listening thanks for so. listening bye